cheers I definitely already had a one and a half pina coladas today um (laughs) you're right that's probably the right way to say that (laughs) because it is like 60 degrees in New York which is basically summer for us and we're so pumped and one of my friends got into grad school at like all the smart places so we were celebrating a little bit and having a little picnic in the park and um, my new puppy is sleeping so we're glad that she's sleeping (laughs) <laughs> that sounds like a great day. Wow. I mean, she was right. just influenced from underdog. She had to get one. Yeah. <laughs> I saw underdog and I was like, you know what? I need a dog. <laughs> it just looked so easy and like the crime fighting and all of the things. Only, only pros, no cons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you, does, does the dog talk? <laughs> she doesn't talk? I mean, not yet, but I'm, I'm willing to wait it out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before you throw her to the street. Yeah. Before I let her start solving crimes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine that was your most played episode. Uh, yeah. So much appeal. (laughs) It's timeless that, that episode, that movie. Timeless is a good way to to describe it. All right. So if you're ready. Yep. Let's do it. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Sorry. I piped that in anyway. I'm Sophie. And I'm Maddie. And welcome to Single Best Scene. This week's episode is Ted Lasso. Small town coach Ted Lasso is hired to coach a professional soccer team in England despite having no experience coaching soccer. This week we have a very special guest. We have our very own Andy from the Gossip Guys joining us. Andy, say you hello. Have Andy. You have we have me. our own Andy, just like... Nope, that joke wouldn't have landed. It was wrong. No, do the joke. I was going to go tour story, but he. Oh, of course. That's he didn't own, but he was owned. We don't know. <laughs> he was the owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you're saying that now you're the, I'm the toy of you. And it's like <laughs> another layer. It's like the nesting doll. So like, <laughs> yes. It's our very own Russian doll yeah. of Andy's here that we so, have. Yeah, that's what I, that's actually a really good reboot for Toy Story is if we find out that Andy is actually being is played it? with by gods. <laughs> no. I know everybody really cried in those last ones, but we've got a way to flip it on its horror head. <laughs> That'd be terrifying. I like that. I want to like show that. the Pixar people doing it. Yeah, you can have oh, it. We'll, God. we'll profit from it. I can have mm-hmm. that. Oh, you man, can, you can me. write it and you're yeah, going to have our very own Andy. <laughs> Um, um thank you <laughs> thank you for the intro. that was great <laughs> um yeah is there anything else you want our our viewers to know about you you host the how long have y'all been hosting that podcast uh gossip guys I don't even know at this point uh it's been I think off and on for like five years you know uh longer than college uh which is <laughs> we went to yeah I've spent more time with gossip girl than I did in college which is accurate <laughs> to the show like they aren't in college either no it's all uh, fake <laughs> yeah, it, was, it is all fake. That show is fake. Our podcast is real. Yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm sort of the negative lens on that show. Uh, and Aaron is the positive and I sort of ruined things for him. Uh, and these ladies ruined Underdog for Aaron last time. So, uh, so sorry. <laughs> no, yes. No, no, underdog was ruined to start. I'm kidding. No, Aaron <laughs> decided not to join this podcast tonight. Yeah, so. Aaron decided not to join the podcast. Maddie and I were on the Gossip Guys a few weeks ago. 
and we covered underdog and um but normally the gossip guys cover every single episode of gossip girl um and let's tell our listeners what you do in your in your real life in my or real is that life. your real life job uh yeah no pod, this is all fake uh, this is this is not <laughs> Again, real this is as fake. we all know uh because i'm a toy uh <laughs> yes and so i'm a writer mostly unemployed one but that's sort of what all writers are that's all i was about to say that's you just described being a writer i think yeah yeah exactly so that's that's me you know i've performed i've done other things i i sort of i just like to pop up on other people's podcasts so if uh-huh. i could do this for a living that's what i would do so if someone out there just hears me and is like Appreciate. oh give me something to watch and i'll watch it and talk about it and take it way too seriously that's what i like to do well, you came to the right place to For talk sure. about something way too seriously that doesn't need to be talked about that seriously. I disagree. So, okay, <laughs> then I can't wait. So first off, how did you hear about Ted Lasso? Aside from our podcast, what was kind of the impetus for you wanting to watch Ted Lasso? Um, or was it well, just- I believe I told you to watch it. So it was, yes. uh, it was, it was actually came from me and it was sort of an excuse. I need, I need sometimes an excuse to binge things or watch things because I- I have a guilt complex about it or, or it what's that like, like? <laughs> I should be writing or something like that. But this was like, I really want to watch Ted Lasso. And then this opportunity, you, you approached me like, what show do you want to watch? And then mm-hmm. I thought of this one and, but my initial relationship to the show where I first, uh, I think it was where Sophie and, and you both were at when I, when I pitched it. Cause I think you were like, what the fuck? I don't want to watch. Oh, can I swear? I can swear. Yeah. Right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. A lot. Okay. Mainly me. Um, yeah, I, like, cause I I saw the trailer and I thought this show looked terrible, and I was like, "Oh, Apple yes. Plus, you're you're sorry, sorry, this is not gonna work." Mm-hmm. Um, but then I just kept hearing positive things to the point mm-hmm. where I knew I would like this show, uh, and I and 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 even helped that like I knew you you both didn't think it was something you wanted to watch, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I feel like I feel like it'll work. Just gotta get them in the door." I and mm-hmm. I thought that for myself, and hopefully I was right. We'll find out. Um, but that's my relationship. What what about you both? Yeah, I mean, I it's it's kind of hard to find a show that four people all want to watch and then can talk about in enough time that like it's not like I'll see you in a year when we talk about Mad Men. So when you approached <laughs> it, it was like this or I think WandaVision and Sophie and I are both like can't do that. We can't do Marvel. Or right. It's, like our take on Wanda, like we could have done WandaVision, but it would have been bad. Been absolutely such a bad take since we don't do the comic in either comic universe. So mm-hmm. it would have been such an outsider's view, which I don't think anybody cares about. And it would have been sort of, I think it would have been dangerously Aaron and I mansplaining that show. <laughs> and that's not what anyone I mean, really- <laughs> I, probably because again, we don't, we don't subscribe. To- it would have been like comic explaining. Like it would have been. Right. It would have been comic explaining. I don't even think it would have been man's. Oh, that's I think, it's different. Okay. Well, it's like a different I mean, level where it's like. We've invented that word just now, Maddie just did. But it's like talking down and, but thinking you're, um, but you have to explain a whole other universe. It's, so then yeah. it's like, not only you're dumb, but then someone's flying. And so it's like, you sound dumb, dumb explaining it. I don't know. It's like when people explain Dungeons and Dragons, like, I know it's hard, but you sound stupid type of a right. thing where it's like. Oh, like I will sound stupid explaining it. Yeah, or, or, and then we'll, we'll be we'll confused. Sound stupid, Everybody basically. will sound stupid because yeah. they're like, well, the reason is the time travel and the flying. And you're like, okay. You're like, what? Wow, you, um, you guys nailed WandaVision. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's our episode. So if we cut that one out and put it in, how is WandaVision? scene. Okay, great. But um, I just love Jason Sudeikis. We'll watch pretty much anything he's in. And yeah, they won a bunch of Golden Globes. So I knew I would eventually get to it. Um, and this just kind of moved it up on my binging schedule 
So I did not think I was going to eventually get to it. Um, Maddie, Maddie, there's a lot going on. I don't know if it was like a busy weekend or whatever, but Maddie was sending me screenshots of y'all's conversation about like, oh, we've, we've agreed to, it was either WandaVision or Ted Lasso and we've agreed on Ted Lasso. And I was like, okay, sure. Great. Sounds fine with me, whatever. And then like a week or two later, I actually watched the trailer and I was like, I texted Maddie and I was like, have you seen the trailer for this show? It looks so fucking stupid. And it looks like something neither of us would ever watch because it's about sports. And it's about a white man who gets a promotion he doesn't deserve and then like goes on. And it's about that story of him in this job he doesn't deserve, which is like pretty much the antithesis to my like entire fucking life. And it's about soccer. I'm like, what the fuck about soccer? Like what? Like I was like, Maddie, why did you agree to this? And she's like, no, no, no. Like I was like, I'm getting Friday night light vibes from it. Like that's what I was doing. I was getting, and I stand by that. No. I got Friday Night Friday Night Lights. Sophie, even down to the fucking believe sign above the door. No. I mean, that seemed like an ironic callback to Coach Taylor, not like an intentional. He is like I'm into it. I liked it. Mr. Rogers made Friday Night Lights. Yes. No, this is nothing like Friday Night Lights. But I really enjoyed it. Like I'm still end up watching it. And so blah blah blah. But yeah, that, that was my relationship with me being like, Maddie, what the fuck? Like, I can't believe you agreed to this. But then really thinking, okay, well, I would rather risk I would rather risk hating Ted Lasso than you know, falling into the like death trap of WandaVision. Then so, getting like, like our first review and it just be people hating us for WandaVision. <laughs> for sure. And it, yeah, think, WandaVision yeah. was so intimidating. Ted Lasso, I was like, okay, well, I'll either love it or I'll hate it. And, and so we'll see what happens. So. Well, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad we're here then. I'm glad we did it. Yeah, no, and, we and, didn't want to do WandaVision if you weren't down either. No. Uh, so, and and yeah. I do love Jason Sudeikis to Maddie's point. And um, Rebecca is also in sex education as one of the kids moms Mm. and has very few lines very few scenes so it was so great to see her like actually it's fun yeah I had no idea that she like could act you know she was also in Game of Thrones very famously but I didn't know that until I watched watched that show so interviews I don't even remember her in Game of Thrones she's the woman who says shame oh okay Oh, all right. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I know who she is, but whatever. But okay. What did everybody think of the pilot? Let's um, go on to that one. Did you give it a score? Did you like it? Did you hate it? Did you? So the pilot was my least favorite only because that was, I I feel like I'm, I would jump ahead because the pilot is where the turning point was for me. And that's how, how I took turning point was when I started to like the show. Uh, And that's how I took it because it, the premise is the point that I'm like, what the fuck? Okay, this doesn't make any sense. And yeah, it is a white guy coming to Europe and he doesn't know soccer. And I just needed, I didn't buy the premise, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this yeah. is unrealistic. I know that's partly the point, ha ha, it's a comedy, but I wasn't, It w- that was gonna be in the back of my brain the whole show if I didn't mm-hmm. get a, a reason. And then when they, um, uh, God, what is her name? Uh, Rebecca? Rebecca. Rebecca, yeah. Uh, when she, basically admitted like basically she was sort of had the villainous turn of like okay i'm mm-hmm. doing this i'm hiring him because i want the team to burn because i hate my ex-husband <laughs> the only thing he cared about and that to me was very simple but it, it made sense i bought it uh it's also a lot like major league a, a baseball comedy it's sort of similar uh, uh and and so that was all i needed and then that to me 
and that and that came in the pilot and so mm -hmm. i was like oh okay and because and, i like really wanted to like it then i was but i felt like i was holding myself back until mm -hmm. they sort of gave me made it made it make sense um but in terms of a score um i don't add a 10 yeah yeah i'll say like a i'll say like an eight and a half you know i feel like yeah yeah all right, Steph, you want to go? What do you What did you think of the yeah, pilot? Yeah, I gave it a 10 out of 10 because- Ooh, Wow, this I is gave, one of your first 10 out of 10s. No, I give people 10 out of 10. Several people have gotten 10 out of 10s. But um, <laughs> the ones I remember are just like the three out of 10s. I give 10 out of 10s if you can understand the show from the pilot, right? Like it gives you an actual realistic- ex Like you can watch the pilot and decide or not whether or not to watch the show and then continuing to watch the show- it like reaffirms what you felt after the pilot. That's mm -hmm. what I feel like a good pilot is. Gives you a actual good understanding of where the plot is going, what to expect. You know, if it's not necessarily makes the show predictable, but like if you're going to set up for a murder mystery, if you're going to set up for a drama, whatever. It's like, I want to understand the players. I want to understand <laughs> the dynamics. Like I want to understand what maybe might be a conflict, whatever. And I feel like Ted Lasso did that really well. And I I enjoyed the pilot. It, it, I mean, it, it did everything it was supposed to do. The only thing about the pilot that I didn't like was the little like ominous shit with his family. And I generally like hot take, didn't care about his family the whole time. Like I could have done without knowing anything about Ted's family. Um, and so it was, that was just like the most predictable part of the pilot for me was it being like, oh yeah, like this happy go lucky coach, like blah, 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 blah comes in, like does a great job with this, um, press briefing that he's like suddenly thrown into and like he did a terrible job at that press briefing what are you saying he did no, a good no, job no, no. he did a good he like addresses the room he might he was like i don't know anything about soccer blah, blah. that's I a mean, terrible job at the press briefing it's not his no, no, fault no, no. Like, it was the it was uh, the owner's fault because she should have been answering these questions about why oh. he was hired how was 100%. that 100 percent. i'm just saying i don't think he did a great job it was totally yeah. rebecca's fault i mean i thought he, he wasn't supposed to but with the scenario that he was handed but whatever I digress you know generally like this happy-go-lucky guy like of course has like a troubled family life like whatever I was like oh god of course but other than that I mean I thought I really enjoyed it and you know just set up the this like simple cute world um as it was so that was what I thought Maddie what did you think I agree. I gave it an eight out of 10. I enjoyed the like kind of introduction of the world, the friendship behind uh, Ted and Beard, I thought was really important that early on because they never mm -hmm. really like continue to develop that one as much as the other ones, which makes sense because it's the historical friendship going into the show. I couldn't decide if I found him optimistically annoying or endearing mm -hmm. and decided by the end of it that I found it endearing, but I was like, I'm I watched it with my family and found myself being like, I swear it gets better, even though like I liked it the first time. But I found myself being like, if you think he's annoying, like I found him more annoying upon rewatch. I think probably knowing that he gets, it becomes more normal. I didn't think he was annoying ever. Hmm. I, okay. I thought like, he could, he, I mean, that felt like part of it, right? Like it's right. annoying to us because it's new. Like, yes. oh, here's mm -hmm. someone who is very honest and kind and caring, but what makes it work is that he's genuine. So, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and he doesn't change for other people. And he doesn't really care what other people think. And, and like all that stuff 
is the most heroic things about him, but it also feels sort of like, oh God, this guy's like a cartoon character. And it, <laughs> or like, I want to like hate him because mm -hmm. like, how can anyone be like this? But it also, I think what the show, the whole thing is like, we can be like this, this, I mean, it is a TV show, it's fiction, but it's just sort of like, uh, yeah, I think that, that was, I had that same vibe of like, sort of wanting to bounce against it like oh you're sort of annoying guy but it's also like no you're just a sweetheart and i'm just not used to you know white men with mustaches being sweethearts you know uh, <laughs> so true it um it's kind of like watching like the good place when you're at the first time but like i just kept waiting for him to be bad and then i was like oh he's just not like i can calm down like he's just a nice he's so earnest person and then i was watching an interview with him with jason sudeikis where he it kind of made me think about how they like write Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Parks and Rec and stuff with like, they're lovable, but they're like still good at their jobs. And so it yes. was like, he was gullible and all of the things, but he was in on the joke, right? Like yeah. there was never a point where I felt like someone was taking advantage of him, No, which I think then made his, his like the kind of annoying likability or niceness less because it was like he he was never getting played except for no, by Rebecca, which was a the big point. Either, which I think was important. Like yeah. he he was endearing and like wanted everyone to like, be you know, happy, but wasn't a people pleaser, which was important, I think, because that would be not somebody we could root for because then you're just a mop. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. I mean, he straight up, Rebecca hands him the tea and he was like, this is garbage. <laughs> Which actually that jumps us right into bits and right. jokes. Is that Let's one of the right ones? In. Yeah. I thought tea tasted like hot brown water and I was right. <laughs> Such a great one. Such, Such a great a line. Like can, and through the whole show, he never like decides to like tea. He's like, no, this is terrible the whole time. And the is, sparkling yeah. water. <laughs> sparkling. Oh yeah, those are the two the two things he doesn't waver from. But what's great is that he tries them, right? And yes, so at least he doesn't them. like do the American thing of like fuck you and your British tea. It's more like mm -hmm. I just don't it's, get it. What like tell like, me? This is a prank, right? Like when we leave, you don't drink this. Um, I will say between the sparkling water and the peanut butter on the countertop, no show has felt less COVID friendly in these times. Like when he yeah. spit on everything and spit in her face and just like eat peanut butter out of the jar. I was like, oh my God, this was definitely filmed before the pandemic. Like mm -hmm. not even like it finished filming as we, as the pandemic yeah. started, this had to have finished in like 2012. It was so free of germs. Yeah. I mean, I still like when I'm watching shows now, I'm just like, why aren't they wearing masks? You yes, know, like that's just is like my, uh -huh. uh, but even like, if it's I, like a period piece, I'm like, wow, nobody at this party is wearing a mask. And it's like, 1860. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no yeah. kidding. Like, <laughs> yeah. They want to get the plague. Yeah, no, that's, that's way later, but like, oh, it must be nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was gonna say I love the the peanut butter and like they they brought it up later because he offers it to Roy and he's like, Do you have oh, do you have a peanut allergy? He's like, no, I have a finger allergy, which is yes. like safe. <laughs> right. Um he, he was on there. Roy would be safe from the pandemic. Yes. Oh, for Maybe sure. Not Ted. <laughs> no. And no. we get it immediately. And give it immediately. He's like yes. making everybody biscuits. Like he, he would, would be, be a super spreader. Yeah. And he wouldn't be able to not touch. Like he's mm -hmm. just a, you know a hugger and uh, you know mm -hmm. and, and never in a bad way. But like yeah, he's definitely uh, yeah. you know a contact person. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, is there a, a anything that stood out to you? I mean, I'm sure there's a few things that stood out to you, but do you want to take the next one, Andy? Uh, in terms of the, uh, bits or jokes or anything that or, made you laugh. Um, I really liked, uh, well, I think 
this show is a lot of repetitive and like the redundancy is part of the jokes and like Trent Krim, the independent, like yes. I really like that one. And it's so simple and kind of stupid, but like you're, I just, it just lives on the entire show yes. and they never waver from it. And that right. confidence I really appreciate. Uh, so, and that, and then they're the way they play with language and talk about it when they bring up a uh, semantic satiation. Um, this isn't in the pilot. Sorry if I'm like moving. No, no, no. We're, no, no, no. We're, we're all, okay. yeah. We'll just talk yeah. about the whole show in its entirety from here on. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, the semantic satiation or like where they're talking about words that lose meaning when you repeat it so often. Like that's something yeah. that I've never heard talked about in a show. And it like, they had a bunch of different sort of rhyming or just wordplay. And I, I thought that was all very clever and just cool. Like, mm -hmm. like from a sort of a, a nerdy writer perspective, I was just like, oh, that's, that's fun. <laughs> like I would never come up with that or put it in. A TV show. Um, yeah, plan, plan. Like just like imagine writing just plan a hundred times on your on the page and being like, this is funny, you know. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> this show really committed to. I think that's why. I mean, obviously we've said that's why it worked, but that is why it worked from character development to like truly just delivery of them. Like they believed everything they said, and it felt like we were watching real conversations. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I also really loved when she was like, she was like, I spoke to the sun when she's like trying to get the picture taken down. And he just yells, you spoke to God. Yes. I thought that was so funny. Anytime he yelled at Rebecca, I found it to be hilarious because it was like, he knew it was a joke. Yes. Like he was going even harder. Mm -hmm. that, that one, I forgot about that one. That one, I think I probably had the loudest audible laugh of the show. <laughs> yeah. I think my hardest audible laugh is when him and Higgins were going to have salad and he was like, I'll Caesar, Caesar yes. you later. And he like jumps back in the room and slams yes. the door. I was like, what the fuck? That was, <laughs> was like, amazing. definitely using that. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> um, uh, the first thing I wrote down was when Sam says, coach, is it okay if I don't keep this? And Ted goes, oh, right. Imperialism. <laughs> That was actually in my favorite bits. It's not really a joke, but the soldiers, the toy soldiers, I yes. just found adorable, but also every time they had an opportunity to comment on like, oh yeah, this represents warfare and <laughs> sort of is problematic that they did it. It was somehow this like a kind of a problematic symbol, but it also yeah. encapsulates sort of like the childhood, the boy, you know, mm -hmm. thing uh, really well. Uh, but that one's the best part where, cause I was like, oh, you're going to give that to Sam. And then like Sam, oh yeah. Yeah. He was like, oh. um, <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of what we were worried about with the show. Like it was going to be, oh, like it's a white guy going to solve the mm -hmm. problems. And it's sort of like, oh, wait. And like, they know that is part of the calculus. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. Right. He would even say stuff sometimes like, like random throwaway lines that I wouldn't have caught if I didn't have my subtitles on stuff like, you know, Nathan saying like, I can never tell what, what's a joke. And then Ted saying, yeah, it's hard to tell these days. <laughs> <laughs> or, <laughs> or like how many countries are in this country and they're like four and then he's like kind of feels like america like again yeah. like throwaway line and you're like yep <laughs> all right what uh so we've got so many more bits and jokes we can just say any of them there's no, no uh, order. biscuits i just like the biscuits they're not, the biscuits not really a joke but again and like yeah. just another run-on bit that was adorable and i mm -hmm. think that was another turning point for me was like when it found out that he made them i was just like that was yes. almost where i was like oh he's too perfect but it still yeah. it worked uh oh my god yeah that was adorable i did like when he gave the biscuits to higgins and then was like they're for a three-year-old and he's like just kidding no they are just kidding and then left <laughs> and they opened them and they were like these are definitely for a three-year-old girl 
<laughs> but he like gave them to him. He's like, she'll forget. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I loved speaking of adorable. I loved it when um at the the buddies in the bar who like are like that's like the bar commentary yes. crew, right? The wanker trio, let's call it. The wanker them. trio, yes. I love that. Um uh they're all shouting that he's a wanker, and then one of the guys, I think the black guy who was always like the the empath of the group, um yeah was like nice family though and the other guys say don't humanize him <laughs> I, I, was like, I had both that comments too. were funny <laughs> i mean it's the contrast too right like yeah. that's what makes it work like you have this sweetheart teddy bear black guy who's just like wait he's just a nice guy yeah uh-huh. uh, and then the, like we've the met his family like he's yeah. on tv but like we've met them <laughs> yeah, they're, they're regulars just like, here yeah they're regulars at the bar uh and even like yeah, all the little like characters around there are, are great. Like the the sort of curmudgeonly pa- uh, matron of the bar is great too. Uh, is I her love name when May. May, yeah, when she gets mad at like them not winning and Beard's like, yes. yeah, you know, like, <laughs> yes, and it's okay to want to win. I, I really like that scene too. Yes, I every agree. scene I liked. <laughs> I know it really was like. Do you every guys scene. remember? I wrote down such determination. You love to see it. Does that ring a bell to anybody? I put no context with that. Determination. You love to see it. Was it about uh, Danny? Uh, I don't know. That sounds like because he was very determined or like sort of like running around. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's in between. I don't think it is that. I think it's before that. Yeah, and it's before because the next thing that I wrote down was you look like a brunette Oscar the Grouch in there, which is what Ted says to Roy. Oh, when he's Roy, in, when the, he's in, the, in the, the tub, bath. which was fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so it must have been from that episode. I don't really know, but. Um, I don't know. We'll have to, I'll find a meme of it and put it on the, on yeah. the gram. Um, I also have when coach is explaining like soccer to, to, to head and he says, Manchester United, super rich. Everyone either loves them or hates them. And Lasso says the Dallas Cowboys and coach is like, okay, Liverpool used to be great. Haven't had a title in a really long time. And Lasso says also the Dallas Cowboys, um, which we've lived know, in Dallas our whole lives. So. <laughs> as, as two Dallasites, we can confirm. <laughs> it is. A Look at you show. loving the jokes about sports in this show that you didn't want to watch about sports but it's I not the, the trick is it's not really about sports most tv shows about sports aren't okay really. <laughs> right which i think after someone pointed out to me and maybe it was maddie i can't remember who but they're like they actually you don't actually see that much of them playing soccer which is true like like so often it would be like okay like all the drama around the big like the next game that's coming this week, like the game this week, the game this week, blah, blah, blah. And then it'd be like, all right, we lost that game. Like there was no footage of the game at all, which I appreciate. All off yeah. Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights does yeah. have more though. But uh, we, yeah, we, I agree. We focus more on the practice versus the payoff until the very end, which I would argue this show did as well. I'm not going to keep comparing that's the true. two, but that's it true. is. The finale I mean, has the it was most also like drama. an hour long drama. Like, yeah. So we got more actual football playing and like, you know, the thud thud of it all. But in the same way, like this one wasn't so much about like getting to state. It was more about avoiding relegation. But it's sort of the same. It right. was state, but Survive. relegation. It, it's just sort of the reverse thing. Treading uh, water. <laughs> right. Um, so funny. I, don't know. Um, I did not mean to, to interrupt you. 
Oh, no, no. no. Uh, the only time that my wife had to pause, like wanted to pause the show was when I fumbled to try and mansplain and relegation because I don't know soccer either, but I was like, <laughs> right. oh, okay, let me see. Uh, that was the only, because like it was in, right in the last episode and I was like, oh, they've been talking about it the whole time. You now want to ask? Okay. Uh, but yeah, I think it's because the audience had the same uh, knowledge of soccer that Ted did. So yes. it's like, no, I've played it. Exactly. I know That's enough why it of works. it, but like, I have no, I don't know anything about pro soccer. Right now. I'm uh, loosely aware of the, like, you can get demoted in a league. And I don't know why I would be aware of this. I can only assume from another TV show. Um, or maybe if you ever watch, like, World Cup no. and stuff like that, because they do talk really? about, I mean, that's more, like, obviously, countries. But they do talk about the various, I don't know, so it's very did. complicated. Yeah, that's yeah, what. I, didn't your brothers play competitive soccer for, like, a long Honestly, time maybe that's why i uh -huh. you're right my brothers did play competitive soccer for a good amount of time and there was this whole there is a whole drama about what league you're in and you can be demoted or promoted based on your season yeah. scoring like average which was crazy because we never did that in volleyball right yeah um and so okay maybe that is why i understood it because it was like there was an extra drama because as a kid, like joining a team that was to the England, like in a premier league and you're like, well, but if they don't do well, then maybe we'll be in this lower league, but it's still like the best team of this club. I don't whatever. Anyway, there's like all this politics. Yeah. I, right? I actually appreciate it. Cause like they actually talked about it and said how it would actually benefit American sports to sort of adopt it in a certain way, because there's no, uh, stakes to being shitty over and over again and we're just taking mm -hmm. money and it's all about right. money um and and so that yeah and, and i understand it because that's what my softball team is we we go down on leagues <laughs> depending on our five game season you know it's <laughs> that's my that's, that's our great. I mean, <laughs> same thing a five game season that's so short well like it's five it's like in this where i think at a certain point in the season then you change leagues so after five we move up or move down or stay the same depending on our performance. And then it's after 10, then it's playoffs uh, if you make it. Okay, uh, okay, got it, got it, got it. Interesting. Okay, I still have some more jokes. Does anybody else have any? I've got jokes. some, but you, you do yours. Okay, well, I have one at the beginning, but when she fires the coach and says, I suppose I could go for a number of reasons, your casual misogyny for one. I know it's a big word. Ask one of your daughters. That's all <laughs> I wrote of that one. And then also whenever he, she said, and you refused to wear the, you wore those short shorts, Liam and Knowlton, like not quite an oasis. That made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. You insist um, on wearing those short shorts. One thing that always made, that was like just so fucking weird and it came up more than once was Ted telling people to do things in dreams. Like if you see you me are. in your dream, let's hang out. Or like, apologize oh, to me yeah. in your dream i don't want to be at a bad place there where i'm like is this the real world or like <laughs> is ted just like covering his bases <laughs> i know Ooh. are they toys or people we don't know we don't um, know uh yeah no i actually i really love that joke like after nathan or yeah it was nathan yeah uh, nathan mm -hmm. great uh was telling him yeah i had a dream about you that I just love someone who takes people's dreams seriously because normally when anyone tells someone about your, like if I tell you about my dream last night, you guys don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. But of course, Ted cares. And it's not right. only that, but like, oh, please be nice to me in there. <laughs> no. Right. Yeah, seriously. Like takes it so seriously. Speaking of that though, one of my favorite jokes, which is what I have now repeated like several times to other people when I'm like, no, you need to watch this show is the, do you believe in ghosts? 
um Joe, that was my turning point scene that was uh, when I was like fully in of Rebecca saying do you believe in ghosts and Ted saying yes I do but more importantly I wish they believed in themselves <laughs> oh god <laughs> every time I would tell other people I would just be like you just have to watch it you just have to watch it's it it's so funny <laughs> Um, okay, I'm trying to think. I have a few more. Jamie not wearing a shirt to the gala and spilling on himself, and oh Roy God. just saying yet another reason shirts exist. <laughs> um, when they fix the wa- water pressure and it just knocks that kid out. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that was great. <laughs> like that little moment. Um, every single part of the joke series about the milk sisters. Ah, <laughs> yes, milk sisters. Want me to the go skim sisters. the back room? I'm going to be an utter gentleman. Wonder if they've ever seen Bridget Jones Dairy. Sorry, that's not my breast work. Every <laughs> single part of that. I kept thinking I was going to get tired of it and I did it. <laughs> and then I have two more, but so do you have any? Um, I have the diamond dogs, just like the whole thing about the diamond dogs. Um, the diamond dogs is like a real thing. I mean, I'm like, I have the wolf boys with my friends. It's like, what the fuck? Oh it's God. always dog wolf related thing. Uh, <laughs> and we even howled. I was like, no. <laughs> Did you uh, secretly write for the show? Oh my God. I, that's right. I I'm yeah. actually Jason Sudeikis. You're uh, like, I'm Bill Lawrence. I also created Scrubs. Yeah. Ooh. This is because Bill Lawrence, I guess, was, I don't know, it was him. Some other guy, and then Beard and Jason Sudeikis, right? Were the four creators of Ted Lasso. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah. that kind of makes sense why Beard. I've never seen it before, and he's a key player in this. Mm-hmm. In American, um, yeah. another runner that I just had was like Ted's resistance to learning any of the rules of soccer, like literally at all. A little insane, um, <laughs> arguably, but like it, it was a funny gag that they kept bringing up you know, was that he didn't know what offsides was. Like when he asks right. the linesman, like, no, no, like literally explained to me how that was offsides. I don't understand this game, um, which was insane. And then when his son says that he doesn't do anything, he's like, dad, I was watching you. I was watching the game and, and you don't do anything in soccer. And Ted's like, okay, well, yeah, like I'm not running plays. Like it's different. <laughs> but his son just being like, you don't, you don't do anything. <laughs> I love the rest of that where like he went, he did like a whole thing and said, compared it to parenting. And then he's like, uh-huh. oh, when did you check out on that? Yeah. <laughs> like, Look at this robot. Yeah. And the, yeah. And the, <laughs> Look and the what kid. I drew. Uh, that was Loved, uh, they did a, a lot of references to sports movies or just sports speeches. Uh, you know, like they did the Miracle on Ice one, and mm-hmm. then they also did Alan Iverson's practice. Like that speech to Jamie was basically word for word an Alan Iverson thing, but also was because of the semantic satiation. Like it was just saying practice over and over and it lose all meaning. So, like, that was <laughs> like on like three different levels. And I listened mm-hmm. to a podcast and I was like, they knew they wanted to do the Iverson first, and then they sort of like backtracked and put that in. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. I did not know that. I don't, I know um, who Alan Iverson is, but I don't know anything else about that. He was just yeah. complaining about practice, basically. Right. And how yeah. he's a star. Why did it's practice? What do we, right. Why do I need to practice? Yeah. Typical. Yeah. Um, I also love Keely being on the hotel TV. Like oh, that was, was great. one of my favorite moments. Um, that was amazing and like how it was also like relatable then to the whole team they're all like ha ha <laughs> right and when when roy like has her do it in front yeah. of everyone and then also <laughs> that it 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 was foreshadowing what they were going to do in that episode the karaoke right. like it was just so it's a joke mm-hmm. but also story yeah like, i just i put it as a b-plot i loved it, it. it was so clever yes 
Um, and then the last was just the fizzy water because as somebody who doesn't like carbonated water, who has had to <laughs> suffer in Europe with a carbonated water, um, I can empathize. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't say suffering, but I was always like, oh, this isn't, I just want still, give me still water. I just want the water to hydrate me. And it just feels like fizzy water is trying to like dry you out. Like I just don't, <laughs> it's just... I, I'm with Ted on the, on the fizzy water. <laughs> Okay, my last. That is all I have. Okay, my last two. Nathan just butchering the shit out of the birthday suit line when he was like, "This is the second suit I've owned aside from the one when I was a naked baby." And everybody's like, "Ted's like you missed birthday suit there." Um, I loved that whole little interaction. And then when Roy goes to the Diamond Dogs and gets advice, and he says, "Does my face look like it's in the mood for shape-based jokes?" (laughs) I really liked that. No, but to be fair, it never, never is, does. or whatever you said. Yeah, <laughs> you got to get those shape-based jokes in when you can. Uh-uh. He had so uh-huh. many. Um, he talked about like adult women's bodies twice, and both times I was like, "Where are you going, Ted?" When he's like, "I want," I don't remember what the setup was, but he was like, "This this needs to be like a my mom's swimsuit in one piece," <laughs> and then also walking in on your mother-in-law changing, and then he used whatever shape <laughs> that one for that second one. Uh, um, one other runner I liked was I think just whenever Roy or Jamie were complaining and being stupid Keely just called on them like called it out on them and especially the one where like I think yeah uh Roy was feeling sorry and she was just like oh I feel so sorry for you I'm about to come like and she was just like being all like like this is so great and I just like thought that was hilarious uh especially when there's like a kid right there too uh I loved their interaction it was like kind of the first time when I was like oh shit I want them to hook up but whenever he was like impersonating and then she impersonated back and was like, oh, I'm like Roy Kent. I get mad and play a game for a living. And she walked inside and he was like, oh man, she was pretty good. And I was like, wait, they have. That was if- the moment. That was the yes. shit moment. Yeah. Because I was like, if she doesn't think he's like annoying and he doesn't. And like, if they don't think that each other's annoying or mean, they'll work. Like if they find the other quality endearing, they're good. Right. If not, he's too mean and she's too like you know she's too much I guess or yeah, whatever the negative much is right yeah, yeah yeah like she's a lot um okay so lots of laughs what was your heartbreak scene what made you cry or if you don't have that what was your heart burst scene which made you just like so happy you could scream oh you guys go first that's a that's a lot of pressure there uh I'm still I mean, waiting to figure it out <laughs> that's fine you I'll let you I'll let you um think about it, think about um, it for a second. my heartbreak scene I didn't pick one in specific but it was just everything having to do with the ex-husband like Rebecca's every time he got Mm. brought up because it was always somehow they made it um really like put us in her shoes of like every time he got brought up it was a surprise Mm -hmm. it was like suddenly like the coach as he was getting fired mentions him or Mm. like randomly it gets brought get brought up it gets brought up at a press briefing or whatever, like it's mm-hmm. all taken equally off guard by the news of whatever the British tabloids, I guess. And we have no context for how famous she or the husband are, but everything was so mean, right? Like the press, like the old Becca, like the old Rebecca, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. The old like never. Like, the press was really cruel to her and she was always taken off guard. It felt like, and so just in any situation, like 
obviously divorce is really hard, but it, it just seemed like it was always like a knife twisting situation. Um, well, she never got to process it and ever, right. whenever it happened, she always had to pretend like she didn't care or like, yes. let's move right. on to the next best thing. Because like mm-hmm. someone that I don't want to see me vulnerable is here. Like, right. even if it's like your coworkers or. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, even the people that would be allies potentially, but she's been mean to those people. But right. like, yeah, but it's always the press. And if she cried, they would just, you know, ruin her for that. Uh, right. Exactly. And, and what you said about the surprise of not even the news, but I think every single time Rupert shows up, it's a surprise. It's it's just yes. like, we don't know. Like he's just all of a sudden at the charity event. Mm-hmm. He's all of a sudden at that bar for the darts game. And thank mm-hmm. God for how that ended. Uh <laughs> But and it was it was weird to see Rupert, who's Giles from Buffy. Who I, I know, all, like love him so much, but he's so good at this asshole. Uh, um, but yeah, that was a that that is a that whole thing was heartbreaking because it was just like yeah. yeah, she it was like it was sort of like PTSD in terms of like flashes. It was almost like yeah. having these like they're just mm-hmm. showing up like from all mm-hmm. angles. Yeah, well, yeah. it did such a good job of like humanizing her enough that like I did want Ted to forgive her. Like I understood yes. why she was being. I mean, I don't, I don't think I would have forgiven that fast, but like it did really make it. So I was like, wait, no, he made her crazy. Like this isn't, Mm -hmm. I don't think she's actually a villain. I think she was just hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like, I guess the, the heartburst moment on that is the moment where they're outside, I think of the bar after the charity event and Ted's Mm -hmm. like, don't worry. You're not the only one who sees who he really is. Yes. That was so nice. (laughs) That episode also did such a good job of letting the audience know that Ted was more in on it. Like he was smart. Like when he was like, you know what, if you could have texted Robbie Williams to get him to come, you also could have texted him to tell him to cancel. And I was like, oh shit, he's smarter than I gave him credit for. And this is episode four. So like it really helped not um, to make me just like kind of move on from being like, okay, he's not annoying. And then the next episode was like his wife being like, you're annoying. We have to to get a divorce. I was like, okay, so I wasn't crazy. I did actually um, want to talk about the wife thing because that was, you know, Sophie's sort of misgiving about the pilot and sort of mm-hmm. maybe overall was that relationship. And I sort of agree with why, but I also think it makes sense. Like, I don't know, like a, it sort of shows like, I mean, it'd be it'd be hard to be married to Ted Lasso, which seems bad to say because he's such a nice guy, right? But like, mm-hmm. it, it, sh- it shows that with in relationships with the wife that he was he doesn't do with anyone else, but he was probably fixing or trying to help. Right. And she just feel, and and this happens in my relationship where like, I'm not necessarily listening. It's just like, Oh, there's a problem. Let me fix it. Let me be like the Ted Lasso who wants to solve it rather than just, Oh, you're sad right now. Or, Oh, you're not where I'm at. And, And Ted's like, seems like he's always there except for, I mean, we get to see that panic attack scene, which is like so good. That was my heartbreak scene was just the panic attack and her consoling him. Cause you're also like, well, shit, she's like fallen in love with this person, you know, like not romantically, but she like loves Ted and like was so resistant to it, but has like finally like gone out of her way to be a friend. Like yes. she is doing something that she could have sent Nathan to do. She could have sent Beard to do. Like, since we didn't see how he left the room, then we don't know, you know, like who, you know, obviously we assume that she followed her out, but I just love that moment. And it like made me so sad for him, but also then happy because he signed the divorce papers and was able to like get on. But like the panic attack was like very real. Like it, like they did a good job of shooting it and acting it. And I, it was hard to see a character that it was so happy. Also, I'm currently watching 30 rock and have just gotten to the Floyd stuff. So I'm also seeing Jason Sudeikis and that. And so it was just like seeing him play sad was just not what I'm used to. Mm. So 
that was that was a good one. The the like the panic attack juxtaposed against Frozen's Let It Go is also just so good because like I mean Let It Go is like the perfect karaoke song. It's also perfect for that relationship with Sassy mm -hmm. and Stinky or whatever, uh, <laughs> um, which I loved. But like it also sort of feels like I feel like there's been a lot of Frozen. So there's like, it's funny to me that, that the panic attack happens during Frozen. Uh, mm -hmm. During Also, the, yeah. she's so fucking talented. Oh yeah, that was a really good- I'm When she like, started oh. singing, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, uh, Sassy said she could sing. Uh, I know. I, um, that's like one of my personal favorite things in real life is I love, I love doing karaoke. I'm terrible. I love going to karaoke. I love all parts of karaoke. And I love watching it too. So I personally loved, I mean, I guess that was kind of the B plot and joke and also her moment, but I loved that. But, okay. So I think we've all kind of talked about our turning point scene um, up until oh, this point. Do you well, want to go into talks about yours? was um, literally the first like three minutes of the show when Rebecca fires the coach. Oh, okay. I was like, well, because my whole hesitation about the show was Jason Sudeikis' character. And so seeing that there are other characters that have a story and a backbone and when Rebecca was like, you know, I mean, the things we've already said, but was basically like, okay, well, yeah, I'll keep this short. Um, you're fired and it's because you're a misogynist and you're terrible at coaching. Like the team is mediocre and was like, well, you can get me a salad, I guess, if you really want. Like the whole the whole scene was amazing. And I was like, okay, all right. I'm in. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> like she's amazing. Um it's okay, mine that was even before Ted was even on screen. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna say mine happened 30 seconds after that with the ghost conversation. So it only took Andy the longest and he might have been in like 27 minutes. <laughs> yeah, but like I was I loved all those <laughs> scenes, right? I just needed that mm -hmm. piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. uh, I knew it was coming and I just like, I, cause I, I, everything else was so confidently done and smart mm -hmm. that it was just like, yeah, they can't just like leave that hanging that like, right. we're just going to accept that he's hired. So yeah, I guess it, that's awesome that it happened so fast and in the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say in terms of like B plots, so we're going to kind of move into the next category. I love that they only had Rebecca really falter on her plan one time yeah. when she was like sitting and she like threw the, the army doll, but like, she didn't falter until Keely was like, hey, no, this is really fucked up. And she was like, you're right. So it wasn't like we had to see her every episode be like, I shouldn't do something bad. Yeah. And then she chose, like, she decides to do the bad thing. It was like, that was such like an undertone of the show. And it was like conversations between her and Higgins where it wasn't even like, it was like three seconds. You know what I mean? Like they were so quick that I, I liked that she didn't like dilly dally on her feelings. And then when she found out it was fucked up, she was like, you're right. It was fucked up. Like I'll apologize and it's going to take me a minute, but I'm not going to sit every episode and be like, I shouldn't destroy Ted. She just like did it. Yeah. And it, I, agree. And I agree too. And it also, it always sort of surprised me too, in a way, because I was just like, you sort of see the growth happening and you mm -hmm. sort of expect her to change or to not like the Jamie moment to me was like, oh, that shocked me slightly. I mean, I knew it was going to happen, but I didn't, I, I, I didn't want to it to believe that she would mm -hmm. still do that, but like it was it was totally within the character, and we hadn't gotten to the apology yet. Which that 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 scene I'll be talking about probably later. Like that that's okay. the best scene running. You know that one. Uh, yeah, ooh. so ooh. good. Okay, so let's go through just some of our overall favorite B plots throughout the show. Um, Andy, go first. Which first one that comes to mind, um, or that you wrote down? In terms of 
I mean, B plots oftentimes are sort of the romances, uh, but like, so I feel like, aren't we going to be talking about shipping later? Like Roy and mm -hmm. Keeley to me is my favorite. Uh, mm -hmm. but so I'll, we can talk about that more later. Um, okay. I, I just loved anything with Nate. Uh, like here was a guy who just like was so invisible, you know, mm -hmm. and he didn't, he didn't even know, he didn't believe that he would know his name. He didn't believe that he would say it repeatedly in that first episode to the point where like he becomes an assistant coach. And he's also the only one who actually knows anything about soccer, which is, which is great. And I just, I mm -hmm. like, he's a sweetheart. And I, and like him with the boxes of his niece in that first step, I think it's the first episode, right? It might um, be the second one where second, they do the, the second, right. Cause it's Sam's birthday. I love um, Sam's birthday. That's one of my favorite beat plots. Yeah. Sam's we need to talk more about it, but you can keep talking about Nate. It was just no, like, no, such no. a great I, moment. I, I think just, uh, yeah, for me, I guess, yeah, the B plots, I'm just thinking of just the sort of secondary characters that mm -hmm. that's where my head goes. Um, but, uh, hit me with more and I'll, and I'll, I'll jump in with Bob so I loved the whole storyline about the trainer's room being haunted. I thought it was so funny. I loved it. That probably was the A plot of that episode, but it felt like a B plot to me and I loved it. Um, I loved everything about Trek Krem and the profile he did on him to the eating the Indian food restaurant that was way too hot. Um, Keely working PR for the club. I loved yeah. that they gave her a reason to be there other than the boys, but that like she could actually be good at and like use. Sophie and I hate shows where people are bad at their jobs. Like it's just, Ted was bad at his job. It wasn't the focus, but it's like, don't give a woman a job and then have her just like suck at it. Like, right. Well, and like Ted's not necessarily a, bad at his right. job, but like. He's he good at his job. Not. He's bad at the sport. Like he's good. He's a good coach. Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. He's a good he's coach, like, but like, he doesn't know soccer. So, yes. but like he's improving. He cares more about people. And in that way, he was the best coach, you know, mm -hmm. in that season. Cause everyone improved as a person, mm -hmm. uh, including himself. Um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, I just liked that she was like good at it. I also liked her friendship with Ted that kind of came throughout the the early stages of the show. Um, so if I've like rattled off four, do you want to pop in with any? So I don't just keep talking. I loved the Sam's birthday plot. Yep. Loved that was it. really smart. And it was a really good quick showcase of how Ted focuses on personal relationships to encourage the success of the team like mm -hmm. it was such a cut and dry scenario right and um again just laid it out as a good pilot I thought I I have I love the biscuit the whole biscuit thing which was it a runner was it a b-plot hard to say I love biscuits <laughs> with boss that was adorable um <laughs> I love his persistence. I related to that a lot because I feel like I would have done the same thing in a similar situation. Um, Nathan's entire plot, I thought was great. His redemption arc yeah. from going from like literally Ted waving at him on the pitch and him looking around as if Ted would have been waving at somebody else when he was alone to, you know, getting promoted. And... Um, I will say, can I, cause we talked about Nate and then I want to say the Nate roasting the entire team yes. was fucking amazing. And it felt so <laughs> deserved. Oh my mm -hmm. God. I loved it so much. Yeah, I just want to pop that in while we're talking about Nate. Well, plus actually, now that you mentioned that I didn't write it down, but the plot about Nate getting bullied, which actually had nothing to do with Nate and had everything to do with Roy, the Roy I mean, thought was yeah. also Jamie, really yeah. smart and really well done. You know, I, I really enjoyed that. And it, it showed Roy's character growth, I think, in the best way. 
mm-hmm. within the team dynamic. You know what I mean? Like it kept it within the team, but also showed how Ted was making him take responsibility and that Roy was aware, right? Like Roy was very self-aware about the whole thing. I mean, the wrinkle in time book that he got, the whole thing, Roy (laughs) knew he was like, I can't be manipulated, like blah, blah, blah. But then at the end of the day, like absolutely was manipulated by Ted and ended up, you know, totally defending Nathan and you know, mm-hmm. that was an interesting touch point for Roy's character growth, I thought, but was a really smart move by the writers. But the last thing I have is just about, um, as far as B-Pods go, about the family visit. I have mixed feelings. I mean, like I said already, I didn't particularly care about his troubled marriage. Like, I kind of eye-rolled when we saw that in the pilot. And then when the family comes to visit like that whole episode I was kind of like ugh, like it's just everything about this is going to be very stereotypical and it and it was so I don't know what did you guys think about the family visit episode um I wouldn't say that was like one of my favorite episodes but I I feel like we do need that I I don't disagree that it was stereotypical but like he mentions it later that like that was part of the reason why he would even take this job in the first mm-hmm. place and and that sure he seems like he has it all figured out i mean not really but like he 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 seems so confident in who he is but mm-hmm. that he has his family is fractured like that to me humanizes him in a way and like uh i mean i guess he could just be a single guy but that he has a father like i don't know or that he is a father and that he has a wife away i don't know i i to me it it just colored in more of him and it made more sense i think i just think that is the reality uh you know not every like not every like it would he would seem too perfect like he can make the biscuits but he can't have a perfect wife or mm-hmm. um but i don't know if i'm well, exactly getting to the a point wife who is like, like the relentless optimism is too much grounded him a lot i thought that was the most useful thing i thought that came out of his him having a family and having family drama was like an awareness that the show was acknowledging that his like we're not in a magical world right like we're in the real world right Mm -hmm. and this level of optimism is not normal and we that was delivered very specifically by his conversation with his wife of like this isn't like I can't deal with this all the time which like yeah like I, I I understand that I love the Oklahoma bit in that episode a lot. Um, that was great. Um, yeah. So yeah, I wanted to adopt that. I would say that that was my least favorite episode, but the payoff was worth it, right? Like I did enjoy mm-hmm. like him and his the entire episode where they're in, um, I don't know where they're out of town. I don't know, I understand London enough, but they go somewhere else and he's having to like reconcile with like signing the divorce papers and then like sleeping with someone else. And they're like, how did I go from being like married to having one night stand to divorce? Like I thought the payoff was worth the kind of like, ugh, I don't really care about mm-hmm. this. Um, I almost wish they didn't give him a kid because he doesn't seem like someone who would leave his kid, but I thought they did a really good job of yeah. like filling it, like yeah. making that okay. Right. Like yeah, and like also, face, seeing him FaceTime him and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. they had him be enough of a presence where it wasn't like Meredith Grey, like we never see them. Mm-hmm. But um, I also thought that it was a really good way for him to be able to talk to Rebecca about divorce and like how hard it is and like how she's like, he's like, yeah, I needed yeah. space. I like moved across the, like, yeah. like, yes, it was not my favorite episode by any, like it was probably my least favorite episode, but it was, it was necessary for the rest of it. 
I don't want to jump ahead, but they've already been greenlit for season two, right? Mm-hmm. And three. So, I think. do we think that Ted and Rebecca are going to get together? And are you guys shipping tell. them? I cannot tell. I was I was shipping them hardcore, but the more I think about it, the more I'd appreciate if they just were really good friends because that's agree. just not what we see a lot. But like mm-hmm. at the same time, like I would, I probably wouldn't be mad if that happened because <laughs> it like it makes sense. Uh, I they have the chemistry or, and you mm-hmm. know and all that, but um, but maybe just sassy and Ted is like fun. Like that was obviously like supposed to be like oh that in me I, when I saw that it sort of I thought it was like a way to delay the eventual ship mm-hmm. of Ted I did too. and yeah but then the way it was handled it was like oh maybe they aren't actually trying to do that or they're slow playing it um but actually that sort of made me optimistic that maybe uh we're not going down that road I and actually only- sorry I actually loved that they had um, the conversation after where he was like, do I tell Rebecca? Cause I was thinking the same thing where I was like, would she be mad if he slept with her best friend? Like, has she been, cause she's like, I couldn't figure out if she liked, t- like I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. And then kind of using that parallel to see that she also slept with someone hot that night. So like, she's fine. Like they mm-hmm. were both fine. It wasn't like she then went to his room or like had this conversation with Sassy. Like it just kind of happened. So even if it comes up again, I really love that we're not going to have to deal with like that as like a, well, I can't date you because you slept with my best friend. Like, I think they moved on from that with the like Roy and Jamie um, and Keely conversation being like, well, you weren't, you weren't dating. So we're not going to like, that's true. That's smart. We live in a world where like, we're okay with this and everybody has sexual freedoms and they can sleep whoever they want until they're exclusive and say they're not going to cheat. Yeah, I agree. The only thing that made me think like, you know, I down like wink wink at maybe maybe Rebecca and Ted are gonna happen is when Sassy said this isn't Rebecca she used to be goofy like and she said she, that to Keely she said it to Keely yeah she was like she's yeah, fine she used to be goofy like blah 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 and I was like well is this supposed to be a leading comment of like her being with Ted will make her more like how she used to be. I mean, what? And maybe it's a stretch, but that was the only, the only time where I was like, hmm, are they trying to point us? Sort of, I don't know. I mean, they yeah. definitely played with us a few times. Like when the knock on the door of Ted's room, like it could have even been Rebecca in that moment, but right. it, it made sense that it was sassy. But yeah, I feel like, I mean, just their friendship will make her more goofy and becoming herself. I think that's sort of what every character is doing mm-hmm. um, along like it's not, and it's not just Ted, but it's sort of uh, the vibe that he brings. Um, mm-hmm. it's, I guess it's, yeah. Kindness and is infectious. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just oh. going to list off the rest of mine. Um, Roy's relationship with his niece. I loved that and loved that yes. he didn't really change, but it kind of made him seem like he could function in a relationship um, Ted not being able to do a one night stand, I found very funny and him being like, I've been here like one or two hours. So three hours. Um, I liked that whole like kind of conversation. I also liked that, like how different it was from Rebecca's. I really liked the parallels to their like morning afters. Um, <laughs> like she was like, this is my room. Like get out. Like, I don't know why I'm trying to sneak out. Um, I'm assuming we'll talk about it later, but Ted hustling Rupert, I loved, um, yeah every part of the diamond dogs, but especially when they're giving Roy advice, which I know I've said, but like, I love when coaches like get up, like grow up and get over it. Like you weren't dating last night. So like, if you like her go forward and if this is going to ruin it, you didn't like her that much type of mentality. And then my last one is just Rebecca's apology and how quickly Ted forgave her, which I also assume we're going to talk about in terms of shipping. 
or just any relationships aside from our highlight favorites. I loved the Nate, Ted, and Beard dynamic. And I also loved the Rebecca and Higgins dynamic. Those were my two, like not favorites, but like anytime they were on screen, I knew I was going to have fun. I also loved Higgins' family. Anytime. I was going yeah. to say Higgins, Higgins <laughs> oh and his God, family. Yeah. Like that scene where he like says goodbye to his wife and the kids. And like, I mean, it's very purposeful to show like the contrast in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Higgins is great. I just, oh, I, I loved when they dropped off and she's like, I hope your boss like dies of heart failure or something. And you're like, oh shit. <laughs> like the, like the wife hates Rebecca more than Higgins, like thinks he's allowed to. Yes. Um, I loved that. I also loved whenever she was like, Jesus Christ, how many kids do you have? And then their son, the last one that walked in, who was a priest. Was a she's father, like, oh, forgive yeah. me, father. That was amazing. And then the, the mom's like, oh, don't worry. He's one of the cool <laughs> priests we had. He's a cool priest. I literally, I was like, Fleabag. I was like, oh my God. I was like, would that not have been the best? Like, just to have like Andrew Scott like, walk in. Yes. Oh my God. That would have been insane. It, that um, would be Higgins' son. <laughs> I did love the one son that looked exactly like him, but they like hated him the most. I thought that was pretty funny. Yes. I think, yeah, they were definitely like real siblings. Like I saw in the cast, like the same last name going on for some Really? Time. That makes yeah. sense. I mean, I think just at least two or three, like the young, the young ones, the young boys. Um, I'm not saying that they're related to Higgins. They're not. Um, right. The kids are just child yeah. actors who are related We're, to each other. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, let me see. Other. Was there other, any that we didn't say? Um, we have a loose. You're like a real TV writer, so you probably were like these categories, and then we just no, shove things in. What? No, 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 no. I no. I, I think I'm the one who feels like, oh, am I? Sorry. <laughs> Am I, I mean, uh, the last thing I have in this category, and if, if you have more to say. No, I thought you were going to roast me for not knowing B-plots whenever I'm the one no, who no, 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 set no. up the template. It, it was, well, because it's technically B-plots and shipping. So if it, just before we move on to highlight stats, mm-hmm. I just wanted to have a moment where we just talk about Keely and Roy. Because that is my highlight. That is my, yeah, that's my favorite ship. Okay, well. great. Let's talk about it because I was sitting here on my little couch and I was thinking to myself, wow, I have never been so emotionally invested in a couple <laughs> in my entire life. Like, wow. I don't know what it was about them. I was like, so invested. I was so for it. I like, and it was just this weird feeling where I was like, I genuinely believe that these two people need to be together. Like it wasn't like, I was so serious, like felt so serious about them getting together. I don't know. I don't know what it was. What do you guys think? Welcome to the land of just wanting people together. Sophie, welcome to the ship land. No, I mean, like, I think that all the time, but it's usually, oh, these two people are hot, whatever. Or like, they're both (laughs) rich, whatever. Like the Mindy Kaling, like, I'm not tired of seeing them. I was like, no, like, she, they laid the groundwork with her of her being like I've been dating 23 year old soccer players for my whole life and now I'm 30 so it seems ridiculous now and like he's an aging soccer player who's like aging out of the the industry altogether and like she has her own thing going on and like they also always had this weird report where like at the beginning I couldn't tell if they had already hooked up right like when he shows up <laughs> in the club and he's like Keely and she's like Roy and I'm like okay have they fucked like I, like, I couldn't, like, I they couldn't both tell and so they never address it they sort of just like he was on this like forward motion well they address it trajectory. that they hadn't hooked up yet because and of the you have to tell me about your penis. Like they address not having sex yet. 
But oh I agree God. with you that there was a lot of tension early on. I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever seen a show. Like, grew up together. Like, I feel like no. there was something we were missing. I think it would just be like your, like your coworker's significant other. Yeah, That's like the had, dynamic. They just had chemistry. And like, I think it was, yeah, it was like, yeah, exactly. It was a coworker. Like they've, they've been in the same room and have a sort of a rapport, a but rapport. like the show didn't start when we, you know, or like the world didn't start when we started, you know, like they've been existing. Right. Unless so it adds this, this is sort all of, Ted's dream. <laughs> it might be. When, when no, he, sorry, the, keep going. <laughs> after the panic attack, when uh, Rebecca like sort of comforts him, that felt very dreamlike to me. And for, for a second, I was like, is it going to just turn out to be Beard or someone else? Yeah. But I'm, like that was like, oh, if they're going to do a ship or something gross, like stupid. Um, so thank God it wasn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Sorry, back to. Really, uh, I, they just they work really well and they both need each other that's the thing um and but they also are not changing each other mm-hmm. um i mean Ke- Ke- i love keely just owns everything she says and so does roy and 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 keely just knows you know basically just calls out shit and that's the best um mm-hmm. and has great hair you know her hairstyles are insane um but roy to me is i think might even be my favorite character overall because he's the one i think i I identified with that anger, that frustration, that it's there, but also that he's a sensitive man on the inside. He has no idea how to fucking say it, share it. And especially in athletics where it's not, that's not like allowed mm-hmm. or like it's different and having played sports, I felt that like, I felt weird if I cared about anything besides, you know, the sport. Yeah. Um, and, and I didn't feel, and I always felt like the weird kid. Cause I wasn't, you have to be the alpha, you know, in these scenarios. Uh, and he definitely was someone who was the alpha for so long, but then Jamie Tart, Jamie Tart, which yeah, good old Jamie. Uh, he's a he was a great heel for this show. He was great, and also we see his, his like growth. why, like when we see his dad, we're just like, mm-hmm. oh, oh man, that was so tough. I will say, I don't know if I can think of another show where in in ten episodes they've like had two couples dating, introduced a third, broke them up started laying the groundwork for new sexual tension and like established a healthy relationship, not some weird, like we accidentally cheated or you weren't actually broken. Mm -hmm. Like there was like no real drama between them getting together, even to the point where like, I fucking loved when Keely, like Jamie shows up at Keely's house and Roy's there and he answers the door and they like sit down to have coffee together. And she's like, no, like we're together, but like, you can say it in front of him. And like, it almost made it seem like this fake world where like men aren't that jealous. Like then yeah. Jamie and Roy come across looking way more attractive too, because like, even to the point that she just like poured the coffee in there and was like, okay, guys, like, so why are you here? What's going on? Like, how can, how can we help you? And like, I loved how, um, how strong Keely was as like a character and like owning like who she wanted to be with. And that like the men kind of respected that, right? Like Jamie never tried to get her back. And so I think that it, when Roy like expressed interest, it was like, okay, like this is actually good, right? Like there's no reason that they couldn't get together except the one thing they addressed with the diamond dogs, the diamond boys or whatever, the diamond dogs. Yeah. Diamond dogs, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, like that was able to like kind of just push through. I, you, yeah, point, I agree. you point out like exactly why I think it works so well. And it's like, I, I think the, like why ships are so, I feel like they're almost overblown and we talk about them so much and I understand why we get emotionally invested and we want these things to happen, but also the writers and the shows are so doing it so knowingly are fucking with us or doing the will they won't they think they, Mm -hmm. they, and this forces characters to make mistakes or betray the the people just so they can't, because they can't happen exactly then. And it's just like, 
I feel like that informs us, the viewer of like, oh, that's how relationships are. That's how we should be. We need to be hard to get. We need to do what mm-hmm. make things so much harder for ourselves. We need and to wait just- till we've ex- like, we're as, as healthy as we can be before we can let this other person in or like whatever, or like I need the to be show's perfect. Over, right? Like, yeah, like, right. And it just, that feels like that's the TV show. Mm-hmm. I can see it. And so it, it always takes me out of it. So I, I, they have, they had moments where like, we thought, yeah, the drama might get in it. Uh, and, and they just like get in the way and they systematically every time was like, no, that's not going to happen. And like the diamond dog scene, that could be a whole season of them trying to figure out how I can get over this person. And it was more like, get over your bullshit. And to me, that feels like what we all need to do in, mm-hmm. in all these relationships and things like that. So it felt very refreshing. Uh, right. to me. Yeah. Sophia and I always talk about on the podcast, like they'll put in a character where like the only thing wrong with the couple is that it's just not the person that they're supposed to end up with. Right. So like they don't actually give them any other negative qualities other than they're just like not. They're slightly less interesting. Yeah. Like I always think of Wondery Hill, which I don't know if you've seen, but like there's nothing wrong with Lindsay. She's just not Peyton. So Lucas can't end up with her. Right. So like there's nothing actually whatever. Whereas I liked that this show, like there was obviously something wrong with Keely and Jamie, but I never believed they were madly in love. So mm-hmm. when they broke up, like they both had like a natural kind of like, well, this kind of sucks, but we're not dating anymore. And so then, yeah, it just opened. I don't know. I know we've already said it, but it did just kind of open the door to this healthy relationship where two people over 30 aren't playing games with each other. And I think the, the other reason why I liked it, right. Is like, they can kind of be the constant because everyone else is kind of a moving target right like Higgins is married but like we don't really know what's going on with Beard and his little chess girl which I enjoyed uh Rebecca's like single so even if she doesn't take debt to date Ted she'll have other male interests right Ted's newly single so it's like we don't have to get relationship drama from the two people that we that actually work mm-hmm. we can get it from people who like don't have story yet <laughs> Yeah. Right. And and Roy and Keely are going to have all sorts of fun arguments and things that will be enjoyable without it ever being about like, oh my God, what is the relationship going to be? Okay. It's sort of like Coach and Tammy and Friday Night Lights. I feel like they had like only had like maybe one thing where they were like tried to fuck up their relationship. And that was they brought that science teacher in. Yeah. And it was just like, but that and I think there was an I yeah, and like that, but that was why that the couple was so good. We don't need everyone to be this will they, won't they mm-hmm. struggle. Um, yeah, yeah and I even, other, yeah. sorry, I loved this. I just loved Keelian. I just loved them so much. But I did love when they were like on their first date and they were walking. I liked every part of their first date, but when they were walking and he was like, she was like, why didn't you text me back last night? And he was like, so I was busy. And she was like, okay, like doing what? Like, are you dating other people? What's going on? He was like, no, is it like a fucking yoga class? And she's going through a divorce and I was doing it. Like I was just doing something that was private. Like, and it was, it was kind of like both of their aha moment where it's like, okay, he's not going to tell me everything, but he's not fucking around with me. And like, she needs to hear more from me. And it also just shows that he's a sweetheart. Like, I know. like, oh God, I loved like him. he does yoga with old women. Uh, but also, yeah, I like that he, he can, we can have our own worlds and it's like, you don't need to be in my business. Um, mm-hmm. But he also needs to be a little bit more forthcoming or like, uh, there's no reason to be so standoffish. So, yeah, like he it. he needed yeah. to give a little bit more in the relationship. He wasn't doing anything bad. Okay, right. so let's do some highlight stats. Do you want to just, we are, I obviously know which which favorite relationship is yours. Do you want to go through your character and your favorite episode? And just let us know those. And then Sophie, you can go. Yeah, let's have Andy go first. Sure. Uh, so favorite character I think is Roy. Uh, okay. And I sort of already mentioned that. Um, it's it's yeah it's sort of hard to separate him with 
Keely, because I think my favorite moment is actually when Keely calls over his niece and 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 asks her to describe so um, Roy. And footballer is not on that list. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was adorable. And, and it's something like identity is something that's at the top of mind for me. It's like you know, every time you guys mention writer, I have a a stab of like <laughs> like that's who I am now. Yeah. But it's also like I, I want to be more than that. But also, if I think of it myself as just a writer. Uh, if I'm not writing, I'm a failure kind of thing. Like, and, mm-hmm. and that's, I think, sort of what he was doing on that couch. Oh, if I'm no longer a soccer player, I'm a piece of shit. I, I'm over, my life's over. Uh, so I just like that. So you just had like a midlife crisis along with Roy as he was developing his. Yeah, I guess so. You were just so. right yeah. there with him. Or I, I, at least I, I saw that that could be where I was. And I'm now, I'm learning from Roy. Right. Uh, You're gonna... and, and hopefully avoiding the, the crisis. <laughs> Um, Perfect. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think th- that would be, yeah, Roy is my favorite character. Um, okay. And what was your favorite episode of the show? The last four. Okay. Like where it just, to me, we're just all. From incredible. the trip to the championship yeah, exactly. game. Exactly. The trip. The make, I, I don't love Make Rebecca Great Again as the episode title, but that. Um, yeah, not gr- that, not yeah, not my favorite. Maybe my least favorite thing about the show was that episode title. Um, yeah. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, that episode because the karaoke, the panic attack, and the divorce and sassy that like all in one episode is insane. It's a lot. And then Diamond mm-hmm. Dogs though, it's like and the first kiss like, between Roy oh, and that's true. That's and, a and really good first kiss. Oh, it was so cute. And again, like when when it ended like that, we were like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna draw this out. Something wrong, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, I just didn't want to. It was a sweetheart thing of like, oh, I just didn't yeah. want to make it a one heart night stand. Perhaps yeah, you know. Oh uh, God, I love him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also just really, really like the finale, uh, because it does just sort of that, that heartbreaking loss. And and that's when it does become sort of a sports show. Um, but that scene, well, I guess it's more of my favorite scene and it, it's the last, uh, locker room talk thing. So mm-hmm. maybe I'll wait and that'll be the single best scene. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I think make Rebecca great again. Might Who's be your I just hate saying that as my favorite, um, Episode like, seven. So much in there. Yeah. All right, so if, what are your highlight stats? Because we haven't talked about your relationship. So my favorite character was Keely, which was a surprise to me. I thought she was kind of annoying at first. And so she was a real redemption for me. And then my favorite relationship was Keely and Rebecca's little friendship. I thought it was so cute and just really lovely. My favorite episode was episode eight, which was the Diamond Dogs episode, which was also the episode where... Um, Jamie visits Keely and Keely asks him to spend the night and then also the next day was like to Roy was like I didn't understand I, I don't understand what you want from me and so when when Jamie showed up last night like I had sex with him and like this just is what it is mm-hmm. and can we be adults about it and Roy like then goes and and tries to talk to Ted about it who calls the diamond dogs and whatever the whole thing was just like very adorable and like everyone handled the whole thing like an adult which I thought was really healthy to see on tv um it was like they were mining the situation for drama but not in the petty way that normally yeah right this situation would get mined for drama um and then there's the whole thing about Rebecca and um 
and the milk sisters right that's an episode eight Milk sisters oh, right oh, yeah. and oh, the dart game is an eight because the milk sisters and the dart scene is in and episode the eight scene Ooh, I, is in yeah maybe episode. maybe i was wrong oh maybe it's episode eight is also my favorite and i will go yeah. ahead and say keely was my favorite character as well which i was also okay. surprised by yeah um, and one last thing to say, sorry, back to Killian. Oh, also Higgins quits in this episode. Like literally yes. so much happens. That's like a oh, big yeah. episode. When he says fuck off, it's so good. Cause yeah. yeah. Never and mind. I like Can I she... switch to Diamond Dogs? I want to yeah. join the team. I yeah, you're stop. on the team. Diamond <laughs> okay. Dogs is the best episode. Um, sorry, my last thing that I'll say about Killian Roy, I think because their like relationship for better, like air quotes for lack of a better term, started with the like charity auction where he came up and was like, it's really shitty that you did that. You shouldn't yes. have done that. You embarrassed me. Yeah. Wasn't cool. And she was like, okay, I'm sorry. And in that same episode, Rebecca's like accountability, like is the biggest thing in a relationship, like owning your shit. So then I think that set the groundwork unintentionally for mm-hmm. Keely to be a better, mm-hmm. like honest partner. And I think Roy's is actually like 10 years older than her. So he's probably like, okay, yeah, this is great. Like you're not fucking around with me. Like it, that episode actually set up a really great foundation for their relationship without the audience being like hit over the head with the fact that it was going to. Yeah. I agree. Cause like for a second, I, like when she was like, Oh, don't tell me you're back together with Jamie. I was like, yeah, seriously. Don't tell me you're back together with Jamie. Like, <laughs> like are you no? like, what's going on? Like, please don't. <laughs> um, but I do agree with you. So I think that if like a platonic relationship, if Keely and Roy weren't so steamy without doing literally anything, um, mine for sure would have been Keely and Rebecca. I loved them. I loved that Rebecca, that Keely was the one that was like, you're being a bad friend. Like you're yeah. the only, you're the villain in this story. And like, you need to own up for it. I'm going to let you do it. Um, loved all of that. All right. They're well, great. we're going to take, make oh. each other better. That, yes. I mean, that's, they yes. inspire, like they, they tell each other what they need to do. And, and it went both ways. It wasn't just Keely getting advice or giving like, Rebecca also got her a job and, and, mm-hmm. and he wanted to not be that model selling, you know, uh, carbonated vodka or whatever. Well, I will also say, I think it, um, Ted, like, you know, you're saying like, he kind of made everyone a better person, right? He was the one that was like, you shouldn't be afraid of Rebecca. Like, she's just like, let your guard down. So then Keely started treating Rebecca like she wasn't afraid of her, which then I think let Rebecca not feel like everyone was out to get her, right? Like, we don't know mm-hmm. what her life was like at the football club before when, but all we know about it is that no one told her that he was very obviously having an affair, right? Like that was the underlying tension between her and Rupert. So, it, or her and Higgins. Mm-hmm. And so I think in terms of like, Rebecca probably was a bitch to everyone there because she felt like no one had her back. Right. So Keely coming in and kind of just completely ignoring this wall that she'd come up because of something Ted said, like offhandedly, you know, like, right. oh, everybody wants friends, <laughs> like whatever, <laughs> whatever cowboy, how do you do anything he said? then actually helped Rebecca lower her guard and like be a good person and probably helped with all of her other relationships. So like Ted through Keely helped Rebecca be great again, you know, Raga. So, you know, that's what we always say these days is Raga. Raga. It's such Uh a great lesson of like, well, obviously if everyone's like acting like their back is up against the law, the the wall and like, you're sort of like the defensive maneuver, like a cat, like, Oh, what are you going to do to fuck me up? And Mm -hmm. if, and, and, once one person puts down the claws, it's like, oh, okay, I don't need to have mine up either. And it's just like, but it's so hard because you don't want to be the one that gets scratched accidentally if you trust right. the wrong person or um, 
I kind of yeah. love that the show's like obviously called Ted Lasso and about Ted, about Ted Lasso, but he has the least amount of growth throughout all of the, like everyone else. Oh. Just been, it's like, it could be, be called like being friends with Ted Lasso. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually- uh, the, the Ted Lasso effect. Ted yeah. Lasso effect. I, that, that's great. Um, I, oh I, God, I loved all those trick plays. The podcast that I'm just going to keep bringing up again. Uh, no, please. Brene Brown's podcast, uh, which oh, is great. Defining um, Courage or something? Uh, yeah. Well, that Dare to Lead is one that she has. Oh. I think it was called- the Brene Brown, I don't know, podcast, Sorry. bad plug. Uh, but anyway, if you look up <laughs> Brene Brown, Ted Lasso, uh, they talked about how he was like the, the him not growing is sort of baked into the show that uh, it's sort of, yeah, it's the people that grow uh, around him. And it's even in the credit sequence, right? Like he sits down and all the chairs change color. And that's yeah. mm -hmm. showing the sort of ripple effect of him. Um, and it's sort of, he said that he was inspired by 80s comedies, like where Bill Murray and Ghostbusters doesn't actually change. It's the city around him. And same with Beverly Hills Cop, Axel Foley's, uh, Eddie Murphy's character. And it's sort of like, because he's in the right, he doesn't need to, I mean, he needs to grow in terms of his relationship and all these different things, but it's more, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if that was right. That no, that, that's but, a good point. Yeah. That makes sense. And I also think that's like a really smart thing for them to kind of just bank on getting another season where like I watched him say like we had no idea people were going to like the show as much because it was like based on an ESPN commercial from six years ago right. like like ESPN was like do you want to do a commercial and they were, he's like yeah sure and did it and then his fiance at the time was like you should make this a TV show and he was like okay like so there was they wrote it in like 2015 because he was like I didn't know that people would need it so much now which I think is so true like this is such a good good moment for the show but I think in not making him do a lot of personal growth when he does do it it won't feel like everyone's uncomfortable right because like if they want to make him kind of like come to terms with who he is in season two and like figure out how to date or figure out how to not be like how to be in a relationship where being overly optimistic isn't a downfall we can like flash to other people who now we're invested in having like even if it's just like Roy and Keely at dinner or you know what I, whatever it is it right if they're the be, more static ones yeah mm -hmm, like he can I thought it was really smart of them to not make him be so um yeah like yeah the having him be the static one and like I mean I don't know I like everything Bill Lawrence does I feel like and so I was not surprised at all whenever he when I did it I was like oh okay like it, it's kind of like a scrubs type oh sorry situation yeah, I Where, feel like, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I When Zach Braff directed episode two, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, uh, yeah. I saw a bunch of people. So obviously I'm very in with like the, before we get to single best scene, guys, don't worry, it's coming. But um, I was following and people on the internet and like all the gossip sites were like, I can't believe that, because you know, everybody cares too much about other people they don't know. But like, obviously Jason and Olivia split in November after she'd yeah. done Don't Worry Darling with Harry Styles, who now she's allegedly dating. And Florence Pugh was also a star in that. So they were like, how did Zach Braff, who's lives with Florence Pugh, like they were like going into this whole thing. I was like, well, maybe they're yeah. just professionals. But I did feel bad because every press he did for the show was about his family and how positive his family was and all of this stuff. And I was like, it probably sucked that he was going through a separation, promoting a show about a guy going through a separation, but had to pretend he was still with Olivia, who was also very well known. Like I kind of felt bad for Jason today because having to do all the press. Very well, also like it sort of maybe colors his performance a little bit more, makes it feel more real. And I think that is, um, yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly when you said October sort of. Uh, so mm -hmm. I think, I mean, I guess he was sort of, I think they'd already filmed it probably before any of that stuff, but at the same time, obviously those things don't happen in a vacuum. Like there was problems in that relationship before then. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it does. And, and like, it does, it's again, it's that contrast of like, you see Ted Lasso and then you, um, 
Yeah, yeah, it sort of broke my heart. I'm like, oh, I want. I, know. I want. I mean, he's not Ted Lasso, but I want Jason to be happy. Uh, well, especially like when he signed the divorce papers. Obviously, that episode was so hard, and he like snapped at Nate, and he like was acting out of character, right? Like he was acting out of hurt. And I was like, knowing what we know now, that's just like even more of a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Like I always think of like TV shows, like especially. I mean, I'm going to bring it up again, but like One Tree Hill and like Chad and Sophia were like getting divorced in real life, and they like wrote them back together in the show. And I was oh like, man, God. that's just so fucking brutal that you're like going through a divorce and having to like promote episodes where your characters are like finally back together. I just think anytime any actors date, I'm like, why would you do that to yourself? It seems so brutal to have to like work with an ex all the time. Yeah, it's but, the don't shit where you eat, you know. Yeah, oh, but then, yeah. Um, but I understand how it happens because you're vulnerable I mean, and you're kissing you're working together all the time. Yeah. Right. And you're like yeah. in this fake world, right? Where like you are together 16 hours a day and you're like, at work so you're like kind of on your best behavior but you're like goofing off and like finding your work friends right it sounds it sounds impossible to avoid but also terrible like I don't know why you would know <laughs> okay let's go into the thing that people wait for aside from the recommendation which I actually think more people listen for which is our single best scene who would like to go first with their single best? I think our guest should go first do we want Andy to go first Ooh, in a category right. he's never done let's go yeah, let's, let's do yes, it yes, let's yes. do it Oh man, there's four choices. It's tough. Um, you can do your favorite and then like the three runners up. Yeah, you can do runners up. We have no rules here. We have I, no rules as you've I, tell. I, you've been on for three hours. I feel so bad. <laughs> no, it's a, we're all we're only we're not done with two hours yet. Uh, let's see. I think the scene okay. where Rebecca comes clean to Ted might be my favorite because it's what we're building to the whole time. And it, it, it's, I think, what the show is about, too. It's all the shame and guilt that she has. She's the bitch. She comes in the room. She's fucked up. She's done all these terrible things to Ted. And she comes clean. She's honest about it. She owns what she did. She took responsibility, accountability, like what we said. Mm -hmm. And Ted responds with forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And it is so not what we expect. It is so... Even knowing Ted, we feel like there's going to be something. But it's just that he understands. Uh, and that... It's just like, oh man, he is the North Star that I want to aspire to, but also so is Rebecca in that moment. That's the hard part. I mean, both is they're both so hard to mm -hmm. come clean and to also accept to be forgive, uh, to yeah, to forgive accept forgiveness, and, yeah. yeah, or to give like, forgiveness, right? But I but I think it, it comes because she was so honest and vulnerable in there, and and that to me, that's the show, uh, I think, and uh, and it didn't even hit me as hard as some of the other ones in the moment but that one has stuck with me more like I will say um I've learned a lot about accountability through watching this show I'm like oh man people would rather you just be like sorry I fucked up I'll fix it then like whatever I'm like man I really excuses. learned a lot yeah. yeah and then the second is I was so happy that they didn't change his character that late in the show right like had she come come clean earlier I would have been like okay I won't be as annoyed if he's like mad at you until like the next commercial break but because he, it was like episode nine, I was like, well, shit, like we have like the big game next. And like, I want them to be okay. Like I wanted them to forgive. I just didn't think the writers would like, sorry, I don't want to trigger you, but like, I didn't think the writers <laughs> would let themselves off that easy. You know what I mean? Like creating nine episodes of conflict to have it be resolved in one scene had to have been kind of tough. Right. Right. And like, like, that's not what we're used to. And we think it's going to be like, oh, I'm quitting or like, fuck you, this, you're a, a bad, you know, whatever, but they just mm -hmm. hugged, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it was so beautiful. And like the payoff was worth it. Right. Like it was, I, I just was so happy that he wasn't like, okay, you can leave or like not even mean. Cause I knew he wouldn't be mean, but like 
react coldly, like that he hugged her. It was like the most, it was just so, yeah, you're right. Like it was one of the best scenes. Well, and he, and he sort of, you realize that it's not about him, right? Mm-hmm. You know, she, she was doing all these things. It could have been anyone in that chair, anyone that she hired. And it was, a, and that's what she said. And, and that's, it takes a, a big person to like, to separate that of like, oh, okay. It has nothing to do with me. Like, I'm not defensive about like, oh, cause she sort of calls him a joke in terms of like, or that's how mm-hmm. she thought of him when she hires him. Right. And that's how we thought of the show. The show. Right. Was, right. Uh, and so there's a sort of a meta to that as well. Um, so yeah. Um, I also love that they like slyly kind of let us know that Ted wasn't going to be mad in the episode before, whenever he was like, you know, I learned a lot of the time that people's projections of me is what they're actually mad about. And it's not actually me. And so like, I don't take, I don't actually know if he, he said this, right? Like, I don't take those things to heart. I just like acknowledge that they're, that they're having, right? Like the person was who made the, the party. Dark scene? I probably, and I think that's the one Soph's going to talk about, but yeah, I, yeah. um, I looked at her Google doc before we went on. So we wouldn't pick the same one, but I, cool. um, I really like that because I actually remember, I think Dax Shepard said it on his podcast, like two years ago, where he was like, the person you hate at a party is usually the person who like mirrors your characteristics. So there's actually nothing mm. wrong with them. You just want to be the center of attention, or you just want to be the like mysterious one, or you just want to be the flirt or whatever it is. So like, I really like that Ted was able to like actually in the moment be like, this has nothing to do with me. Like it is truly, you're being honest when you say um, that like, like this was all about your ex-husband and I've seen it and I've seen your ex-husband and we're good. Right. Okay. So did you just get up to make dinner? Well, I had to go to the, to the bathroom as well. Okay. <laughs> you didn't anyway. take a break. We didn't take a break this episode. No, um, yes, I feel like you were no, about no. to like say the break and then I kept talking and then we just kept going. So no, it's, it's perfect. Fine. Okay, Andy, you have three more? Hey, no, 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 uh, no, no. I, I mean, I'll just say real quickly. No, yeah. please keep going. We're... After, after you, I'll, I'll, I'll say, well, the dart, the dart scene is in the runner-up and the Roy Keeley press conference. That's mine. <laughs> and then, and then just the sad the sad speech at the end about, um, you know, we're, we're being sad together right now. And that's so much better than being sad alone. And that I loved. Um, but yeah, so those were the other ones in contention. That's awesome that those are the other two. Cause I think those are the other two, like Sophie and I are going to talk about those. And I did love yeah. that last speech because he had talked so much about winning and losing, not mattering to the point where like, even beard was like, it does fucking matter. Okay. Like we, like it does matter and it matters to the fans and it matters to these kids. So like, if it doesn't, like, these are adults, like we're not coaching a college football team anymore. Like this is their jobs. And it does matter if we win. And it was like, right. fucking finally, like, yeah, it was sweet the first time when they were losing, but like now that they have the chance to win care, like, and so I did love that that speech, he like also was like, yeah, that sucked. Like I would have liked for us to win too, but we did it. And we're going to be sad here together and we can be angry and we can have all of these feelings, but, and I did like the call back to the goldfish thing. Cause I was like, yeah, maybe we should all act a little bit more like goldfish. <laughs> that was the moment that my best friend from home brought up when he was telling me about the show. He's like, yeah, that was his favorite moment, I guess. The, the goldfish. goldfish. Yeah. Uh, and it's a good thing to aspire to that short memory. Uh, it's really hard. <laughs> I loved, yeah, I loved it. Um, good, good scenes. So, so if you want me to do mine. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So my single best scene is for sure Roy Roy asking Keely on the date at the press, like doing the press conference about it. I loved that she like went around and was like, 
Keely from the Independent, Keely from the Independent Online, Keely from the like I love that she did all the different ones and it like I mean we've talked about their relationship a lot so I don't really need to like go into more detail but I did love that like he like humored her enough right like it was like he did it enough to get the date and then like finally I loved when he was like you with the eyes like okay like you can ask the like he kind of was getting sick of it but I loved his reasoning was like I like you more than I hate him because I just thought that was like fucking romantic as hell (laughs) <laughs> and then I was like shit and then I also liked that he was like barely because I was like okay yeah you are the bit the bit's like a minute and 20 seconds right the scene's not that long but I was like okay like don't push him like too like like the 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 like when you t- take a joke too far and it doesn't land then it's like okay now we're like in it so I did like that he stopped it before it got too far and then we didn't like see any more of it and I just really enjoyed that scene and I did love all the different I, know, I liked all of her questions to him being a journalistic spit on basically like why do you like me it's like what is that <laughs> like, who hasn't want to be out like <laughs> I'm gonna host a press conference the next guy asks me out I'm gonna be like so wait wait uh, Maddie Line why what do you what do you like about me and then but, when she ends with the uh, the one about like why is your penis shaped, shaped like and, like that was yeah. and, that, and that to her was like an awareness of like this is the end um, yeah yes uh, I've gotten so, what I wanted mm-hmm. yeah I think I what's best like you know, I think the best couples can be goofballs around each other. And that's what that scene was. And, and it was mm-hmm. more Keely being the goofball and Roy humoring it. But that's mm-hmm. important. You know, right. if he had shut it down and be like, just ask me the fucking date or yeah. like, or like, let me do this in right. a normal way, then it would be like, oh, I don't want to go on the date with you anymore sort of thing. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what and also I, that set that we've uh, sorry this the scene uh, mm-hmm. like that press conference place we've had the whole show so it was just fun to see another angle and another yeah. version in there because that's one of our home sets so that was a fun play on it 100 i also this is the last thing i'll say about ray keely i swear um is, i loved whenever uh, we kind of touched on it earlier but the scene where which like it could have been up there for me where she like sits him down and does all of the things like you were saying about the niece all of the things but that she joked like about her vibrator and then when he was late to the game he was like sorry oh. my niece found the vibrator like he said it so like he's not embarrassed of her even to like the locker room which hypothetically could like you know locker room talk or like talk shit but like also the fact that nobody was like kind of weird you're like fucking jamie tart's ex-girlfriend right like right. it was just like everyone respects the relationships which like gives them enough say because like I don't know. And then I also, before Sophie goes, just want to note that we haven't talked about Danny Rojas and I loved him. I thought he was so funny. Football is life. And that he wanted his commodity to be joy. I was like, no wonder Ted Lasso loves him so much. They got so lucky. Ted Lasso would also like to do, uh, have his brand contract be joy, something you give away for free. So sorry, I didn't mention that earlier. Nope vibes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think the only thing I didn't like was that he just repeated his name all the time. That felt a little Mm-hmm. annoying like cheap, but yeah. i know that was the point but it was sort of like there's ego there kind of mm-hmm. if you're just repeating your name all the time but yeah. it still was funny and and we got beyond that eventually um so i loved how they like kind of yeah they like poked at him not being like as cultural like culturally in london without it being like racist right like he was i don't know they did i thought they did handled that really well and I think he's actually from the region of Mexico where my wife is from because he, oh. uh, his, the team that he mentions that I think the Tigres are uh, from, yeah, Monterrey, which I can't say because I can't roll my R's, but. Um, I would have said Monterrey. Cool. So you just yeah. Okay. So f- what's your single best scene from Ted Lasso season one? So my pick was the dart hustling that Ted did. I love this scene because 
I assumed that, because of course we are in Ted's corner, right? And I'm always pretty cynical. So <laughs> when <laughs> when Ted challenges Rebecca's ex to- Rupert. 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 Yeah. When Ted challenges Rupert to this, this dart game, I assume that that Ted's good at darts from the jump. Like I was like, okay, this like yeah. he wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Take he's not dumb. Much. He's not dumb. Right. That's what we've, we've learned. learned. You know, he's not everyone dumb. else still thinks he's an idiot, but we've learned that he's not dumb. Yeah, we've learned that he's not dumb. So when we in fact find that he's like really, really, really hustling him, I'm not that surprised at all. But of course he is Rupert is shocked <laughs> but what I enjoyed about the scene was that Ted milked it mm-hmm. you know like we really got to see him really take advantage of even if the audience knew that he wasn't actually risking that much assuming that he's actually good at darts that he did you know milk it for what it was worth not only just from the I love the milk references, by the way. I know, because the they just bought right the milk sisters. <laughs> the milk sisters. Yeah. Um, so they, they were there. That's how he even, right? That's how they ended up in this situation, right? Is like yeah. now Rupert owns the milk sisters' shares and whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, sorry, I just couldn't not mention it because you said milk twice and I thought it was intentional. No, I'm so but sorry. I tell. <laughs> <laughs> My brain track is very short. Uh, yeah, right. That's how we end up here. And it's, it's like a combination of him defending Rebecca and also him defending the team, but mainly Rebecca. Like, this is really, mm-hmm. in, in, in a platonic way, right? Like, he's not doing it in this, like, romantic gesture. He's just like, you need to leave my friend the fuck alone. Like, who do you think you are? And it, this has sort of been building because he really has been placating Rupert the entire season. Like, mm-hmm. it took so long for, and, and I kind of always assumed that he was just, pl- and maybe that is because we're from Texas um, and or a Midwestern place where it's like, just because in a conversation between Ted and Rebecca and Rupert, Ted sort of just nodding and smiling along to the things Rupert says. I know that that doesn't mean that he agrees with him. Right. In any way, shape or form. It just means he doesn't want to like ruffle any feathers in this conversation. So like, I was in no way under the impression that Ted was a Rupert fan ever right mm-hmm. but it was nice that this they kind of let that build and then we get to the end where Ted sort of is like okay this is where I draw the line of you like being aggressively emotionally abusive to my boss like I'm not mm-hmm. and friend right like now we're friends I I'm not gonna let this happen anymore and so that really was more of what the scene was about and the fact that he really did like the dialogue in that scene was really good and it just you know put a nice sort of like tie up to Rupert and Mm -hmm. Rupert's new wife and like the whole shebang because it did feel like the whole show was just Rebecca on the losing side of Of Rupert of Rupert versus Rebecca, which was a relationship, of course, we were just dropped into the middle of and in the media and yada, yada. But um, it it was feeling very patriarchal and very um, condescending to her, even outside of, of course, any actual relationships. But that's just sort of how Mm -hmm. I felt the show presented it. And so to have at least Ted, somebody in her corner, I think was really meaningful 
for her. And, yeah. you know, it was just nice to see him stand up in this very specific way, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I it mean, it wasn't like he, he like argued with him in a conversation. It was this like very choice scenario. But I think he knew that Rupert like needed to be like embarrassed to get the point, yeah. right? Like he could have had like a closed the most door man meeting. thing. He could have had a closed door meeting with Rupert, but that would have gotten them actually fucking nowhere. Like they needed to like embarrass, like it needed to be public because everything Rupert has done up until this point has been extremely public. Right. I have so much to say about this scene, um, but Andy, you go first because you mentioned it earlier. Oh, well, uh, well I was going to say, I mean, it, it also it's sort of totally the two men you know, jerking off basically and mm -hmm. like playing the sport, yep. you know, and, and that's the best way to get to Rupert for sure. And that's, mm -hmm. and Ted knows that. Um, I was going to ask one question. I, I have so many things that I love about it, but I was, I was just going to wonder because, I mean, you mentioned, you know, the patriarchy and stuff, but is this Ted sort of being the hero for Rebecca? I know she can't win at darts, but that was like, I asked that to my wife after, cause I was just like, that was the one thing where I was just like, uh, do I, I want Rebecca to win this fight, but I guess we're not there yet. Um, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think because he it, said white knighting. Right. Like he said, I'm doing like the white knighting. And also he'd given, sorry, sorry, I totally screwed over you go, but that. No, 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 no. I mean, say whatever. I, I mean, I agree in general. It's not, you know, the dynamics of it aren't exactly ideal, but I, I just viewed it from like a friendship perspective right. of- you know, and it, 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 I mean, her entire mission on this show is to fuck over her ex. Right. So I don't know, but it, it is tough because I mean, I agree with you. It, it, like that's her mission, but it seems like she's deeply losing. <laughs> right. She needed the help and he, yeah. he was there and it was this, it was an opportunity that like, oh, he's obviously great at darts. So it just, it does make sense. And, and I had the same sort of, I can't, I didn't come off being like, oh, this was not okay. It was like, triumphant and awesome but i sort of i think we're the season two hopefully we get a rebecca just destroys rupert on yes, her own i well, totally agree it, it would have been better to see her save herself um instead of having her now new coach come in and save her from her ex mm -hmm. um i i do agree with you on that so i actually disagree that it's even an issue because he only did it for two episodes, right? He only did it for two games. So it's not like he defeated him forever. He didn't like say, if I win this dart game, you have to revoke all ownership to the club and you can't, you know, you have oh, to right. sell no, your share been, back. Yeah, like, he hasn't he been just, completely vanquished from the show. Right, yeah, and that also, would be bad. what's more embarrassing for Rebecca than this like cowboy coach that she hired actually being good better at something than her husband so like it is in a weird way a win for her right like oh yeah she didn't know that he could do this but like Rupert sure as shit didn't give him any credit because like that was probably my favorite piece of dialogue from the whole show was when yes. he like opens up his thing his dart thing and he's like oh, I forgot I had these and Ted's like oh I forgot I'm left-handed and yeah. you're like the way he reviewed, cause like, obviously yes, like we knew he was, yes, I agree with what you were saying about like, we knew he was going to be good at darts. That part wasn't surprising, but I did love that, that he wasn't hustling him in the tradition. I mean, maybe it is. I don't see a lot of hustling, but um, <laughs> I'm not a pro at hustling, but like, I thought that part was so smart. Cause he didn't wait till like the end to hustle him. Right. Like he showed him at the beginning that he was good with his non-dominant hand. Then showed, I don't know that's besides the point and way off to the hustle because like i think he was hustling the whole game too because it was like even in the last round where he was down a lot clearly if he was he knew exactly what he was doing so he actually mm -hmm. was hustling throughout that game to get the drama and give rupert hope 
And then he was like, oh, I could have done this the entire time. Here you go. And then during that soliloquy, that monologue is my favorite. That is one of my favorite monologues ever. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to interrupt. Like, I'll talk about that after you guys are done. Cause I, I, no, no, so no. I have one final thing to say about yeah. the, the patriarchy of it all. She, he asked if she wanted to leave before the hustle. Right. Oh, so yeah. like before the game, he was like, do you want to leave? And she was like, no, I can't give him the satisfaction of me walking out of here. And so mm-hmm. he was like, okay, cool. And so then he did it right. Like she got to stay at the bar. She got to be the hero and buy the drinks for everyone. Like he won. Right. And he did that personal thing, but to the bar and to anybody who didn't give a shit about that, but wanted a free drink, she was the hero. Right. So I don't know. I think there's nothing more embarrassing than being embarrassed by someone you perceived as a loser. And I think that's a win for everyone except Rupert. My only, I had two qualms with the show before we go into, or this particular scene, before we go into why it's so amazing. One, why the fuck would that woman want to be with him whenever he says things like, what's yours is mine and what's mine is mine? Because I learned from my ex-wife who's here, every single thing that's been in the media about them, whether true or false, is terrible. Like, you'll be that. I just think it's, it didn't seem believable to me that like some young girl would like fall for it again. Like I I'm hoping season two is like her being like, Oh, I actually fucked him. And I own the football club or something. Um, <laughs> and then it's all my, Bex, Bex's plan. My second thing is, did y'all find it a little bit unrealistic that he was like, yeah, I played darts from 10 to 16. Like, I felt like the ages were so specific. And also like, I was really good at soccer from 10 to 16, but like, I'm sure shit, not now. Or do you think we're supposed to believe like, did you think it was weird that they gave specific dates or do you think that doesn't matter? And I'm thinking too much of it. And he probably um, plays darts all the time. Well, no, I think he played darts beyond 16. What he was saying is 16 was when his dad died. Right. So that's the, the demarcation of the ages, right? That's what he was saying. Like from the age of 10 to 16, I played darts every Sunday with my dad before he died. So not only, I mean, there was a nugget there. We didn't know that's some sad mm-hmm. sort of thing, but yeah, like uh, there's expectation that obviously he didn't stop playing darts at 16 and he just like picked it up. Okay. I think it's just like, that's where he got good. And then he's continued Stayed good. It's, it's sort of like beard and chest. Like I'm assuming he still plays yeah. um, and, and does it. So that's, that's what I thought. Yeah. Which I did um, love we, that he was like, you should have asked if I even played darts. Speaking like, of, beard, I would have told you the truth, which I'm like, he would have. As a beard and I don't mean beard the person, I mean beards as a concept fan, oh. obviously. Facial hair beards. Facial hair beards. Obviously, Coach Beard was my favorite, like, hottie of this show. And Really? <laughs> I found uh-huh. him so attractive. <laughs> That's great. My taste is niche, apparently. Um, it's like, if you could be a college professor, that's what I'm here for. But um, College Coach apparently is included, but... I would have absolutely no fucking idea anything about him. I think it's so interesting that they wrote him in as a chess player. And then even like the scenes of like him and the girl playing chess with words, I would have had absolutely no fucking idea about that if I hadn't seen Queen's Gambit. (laughs) I would literally have been so lost. I would have thought that they just made that up, that you can play chess with words. Like, I I don't... (laughs) The whole thing was just a lot um but it was i mean it was cute but i was like oh my gosh like but i would have been lost in these scenes i made a comment to my parents where i was like who would have thought chess would be the one thing i would have needed to know more about this year like i've never needed to know about chess and this year i'm like i don't know we're talking about the 100%. Gambit. I don't know what it means 
but um okay sorry do you want to go into the monologue Oh, I think, I mean, we sort of touched on it, but like the the quote from Walt Whitman to me is again, I think the thesis of the show, but like what he's talking about it, people just don't, they, like they never asked him, like you said, they never, he never thought to even ask about darts. He just assumed based on how he acts, who he is. And even the Midwestern folksy charm, all these different things, you just assume mm -hmm. uh, you're just judgmental. And it's sort of the be curious, not judgmental. And that's like, to me, Perfect. Like, and I, and I, I wrote it down. I, I was like, that's, that's my mantra. I gotta, I gotta do it. Um, so yeah, that undressing, like that it was not only like revealing a lot about Ted and his past and his dad, but also just sort of destroying Rupert at the same mm -hmm. time. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Completely great. Thought it was so great. And that also he like was able to then get the right amount that he needed to win and like, hey, so what is it? Okay, cool. Like we could do this and I'm going to finish like tearing you apart while I throw these darts. Right. It's great. Exactly. Um, okay. Well, we've come to the end of the show. I did just get a breaking news alert on my phone that George Siegel from the Goldbergs died. So that's very sad. Pops from the Goldbergs. Wait, wait, who? Oh, Pops. I mean, he was a million years old. Oh, very oh, famous. Oh. Anyway, breaking know. news, not for when our listeners hear it, but it would have been breaking news when we recorded it. Um, well, yeah, very sad. And like, I should we have a moment of silence? Yeah, oh, that was it. There we did. We did it. <laughs> oh, all right. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> <It was> just <laughs> awkward. <laughs> um, okay. So, Andy, what is your recommendation for the people um, this week? What do you what do you want to impart upon aside from your show, which we will let you plug, which we kind of oh, but you mean like beyond this, beyond Ted Lasso? Yes. What? What like what in the pop like is there a song you're loving another podcast you're listening to ooh, um uh, well, i guess a uh, anything oh this is <laughs> I watched Justice League <laughs> last night and i don't want to plug that um but, uh, the four the snyder I, cut yeah the, the snyder four cut. hour i heard it was yeah. not very good um i i kind of liked it but it's not like i'm not gonna like rush out Re there and yeah recommend. um god I, I don't i don't know uh call your mom say hi tell her you uh you love her um listen so you're to, so you're plugging calling your mom yeah yeah uh, uh watch justice call yeah, your no, mom don't, yeah, uh, i don't i don't have a like a is there a, like a podcast you listen to brene brown like well, yeah anything i was gonna the... say brene brown was what i listened to to prep here i listened to their jason sudeikis and uh beard uh the actor uh, brendan hunt uh talked with her um and yeah gossip guys um and and yeah. i will say i was a listener of gossip guys well way before i knew who y'all were and was a fan so listen guys it's worth it it is Aww. funny to go back to the beginning because the world has changed so much since you started it but yeah don't, i did listen yeah. to the episode where you found out who gossip um girl was and that episode was very funny but i think it was just y'all with your friend like oh yeah, that was an a, interesting it was a, episode. It was a yeah, it was like y'all just like getting high maybe or drinking or doing something yeah, and like chatting. And then, uh, but like I actually already knew who got. Oh ah, well, good was, acting. That was that was acting. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I I found out through social media like pretty early on because it was like that hard tracks. to run the show's socials and not know. Um, but yeah, the, when it happened in the episode, I was like, oh, let's play this. This You're is like, oh, perfect. No, that you I can ruined know. it. You ruined it. You're like now I can know from here on out. Um, that was good clickbait because I listened to it because I was like, I wonder what his reaction was. Didn't uh -huh. think of who ran your social. But anyway. I, 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 we're looking for social media interns. Anyone, uh... <laughs> it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs>
I don't get right. it. <laughs> we too will take a free <laughs> social media intern if anybody wants to. Um, yeah, I was telling Sophie, I've just like accidentally made ours a Mad Men fan account. Like I followed too many fan accounts that now all I see is just Mad Men. Like, okay, oh, I've got to. Aaron's favorite show is Mad Men. So get him oh, really? on. He'll come, he'll forgive you uh, for under, <laughs> no. I'm making up this feud about underdog. He didn't care. He's actually like, he really is writing and in, in like a, a hole of uh, creativity or whatever it is. I don't know. Um, I'm not there right now. I wish I was. <laughs> uh, You're like, I made a commitment that I'm honoring. That's I'll exactly, You're like, I that's can't. That's what I said in my, I can't yeah. write. I have to do this. Nothing is more important. All right. So if, what is your recommendation for the people? Okay, so I actually have um, an anti-recommendation. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> How am I supposed to promote that on the social? Don't. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could say, Sophie says, don't watch this, but my anti-recommendation is Dickinson. Um, <laughs> it's so bad. And I watched too many episodes of it. Like, I'm embarrassed that I watched four episodes because- Andy, did you write on Dickinson? Dickinson? Oh, yeah. I, I am Dickinson. I'm just terrified that we're going to insult something that you've worked on. No, I, I, I haven't like, I, no, I don't write for okay. any shows, unfortunately. Okay. Unfortunately, um, but when you do, we will. We'll yeah, just be no, make of fun them. of them. That's what you're there for. That's what everyone's there for. Uh, once it's been written, it's out there. It's not, to be critiqued. it's not mine anymore. Yeah. Not but, so um, if you have mentioned hating the show to me on the phone last I hate night. it so much. I hate it so much and it and it's not that I, I hate I it's not like I hate it from a personal standpoint it just is bad like <laughs> it, it, it's just a bad show like, and you're a bad person if you like it That's what <laughs> no, no 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 I mean <laughs> like it's like if, if you're gold standard for period drama that is also has contemporary what aspects to it the mm -hmm. great in my opinion is the gold standard like I thought they did a really good job of blending you know historical stuff with contemporary dialogue music whatever the but great like, was one of my favorite shows from last year still staying pretty true to the story the time whatever Bridgerton was very corny but you know what they they stayed largely true to the time and then just had like you know your contemporary music or whatever in the background mm -hmm. fine whatever fucking dickerson, dickerson. <laughs> dickerson. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even worth remembering it's not worth saying their name correctly like i really wanted to give Haley steinfeld like a chance but there's just way too much going on. Like literally there is a mean girl posse in this like, you know, 1775 or I don't even know. It's like pre-Civil War era New England. And there's literally a mean girl group. There's a Regina George and they literally have like a gay Asian man like as part of the posse. And I'm like, okay, in what world and and also I think that's like, the point though i don't think it's supposed to be historically accurate right <laughs> isn't that the point I like they're trying to mash it like isn't that also the point though is it for it to be like let's hear emily dickinson's story well yeah probably but through a modern lens I've, i have not seen it but like i'm assuming you went to it I because mean, of the seven day free trial oh god we gotta, we gotta or whatever sure, <laughs> right, right right it's like it's like <laughs> 
yes like a modern like but there's like a there there's a modern lens and then there's like totally like making a modern show with like loose references to this story that we're claiming to tell right like there there was even like like there's a scene where all of the kids are at a park and by kids I mean like I don't know 20 year olds it's hard to tell who's any age in this story but like the youths (laughs) are at a party and they're like they start like grinding on each other and I'm like (laughs) They probably did that pre two thousand seven when we, you know, what I mean, like that's existed. Did <laughs> they what, they like sold like you know? I don't know. Ex- <laughs> like, I was just it like, only exists when Rocky Hips is playing. I that's it. That's I mean, it. Like, it's like I like, get what you're we, saying, though. I, I understand the talk to each other. Like, the, like Haley, like Haley's character Emily, I guess will be like, "Well, fuck you, mom," and I'm like, "But you're wearing a corset." Like, <laughs> just like you're thrown off by the like historical depiction but modern dialogue it's really jarring I find the the way that they tried to make it contemporary is very jarring in my opinion and it like the plot is really weak I think because of it um no clear voice it sort of just right it just like loses any oomph that it has because I'm like well this is all fake that's every that's that's every show every show i mean it's every show but i'm like (laughs) well i obviously know that you aren't going to get together with your best friend who you are in love with because you're both women and like you can't be gay in this time so this storyline is going nowhere and like they told us at the beginning that emily how many episodes have you watched of the show that you i watched four (laughs) okay four it's like the, 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 the like the title card of the jump of the show was that Emily dies alone in her father's house, and I'm like, okay, so she, because that's that's her little another plot of hers is like this boy who's in love with her, and I'm like, well, you obviously don't marry him because you die alone in your dad's like it just like I just don't understand. But that's like every historic history movie ever, right? Like we know what's going to happen in every Civil War movie or whatever. I still cried at the end of Hamilton. I knew where it was going. Yeah, but like you could just not like it, but because of this weird contemporary shit, it makes it hard to really like put yourself in the world. I think I never got that turning point. Never had a turning. Never had a turning point. No turning point. I got. I got four hours deep. No turning point. (laughs) I told you, just watch Defending Jacob. It's way. It's a superior show on Apple Plus. I have actual recommendations, and I'm going to throw out two because we haven't actually really done one yet. So (laughs) wow, that was some uh, some sass there, uh, (laughs) uh, or some shaming for me not having a recommendation. Call your mom. Um. Okay. So my first one is the Ted Lasso soundtrack that's on Spotify, which is really oh. good. I did love that Mumford and Sons, like he worked with Marcus Mumford to do the show. And I loved all of the Mumford and Sons um, throughout. So that is my number one recommendation. And my two is actually an account that Sophie sent me. So technically this could be hers, but it's Mad Men, but everyone is nice where they just rewrite dialogue to Mad Men scenes and make them say really nice things to each other uh-huh. instead of really mean things. And I thoroughly enjoy it. So that seems on theme too. It was, it. yeah, if we're going nice. So if Ted Lasso wrote for Mad Men is what this, uh, this, dialogue, this uh, Instagram account is. So, all right. Well, thank you, Andy, so much for joining us on our, on our podcast and getting to see how the, the single best scene 
uh, you're our first like actual guest, which is amazing. So thank you for coming on and but remember, working I'm through just our a toy. I, am I actual? <laughs> you're just a toy. Yet. You're yeah, right. Yeah. I'm just a prop uh, for your <laughs> your own. Uh, you're like an AI design. machine we just like programmed with. This other is all make believe. <laughs> yeah, this is all. Yeah, I. It's a really good program that you made me. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm just really happy that. Yeah, it was an excuse to watch the show and and feel happy. So that was nice. Now I can go back to being sad. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> now you can go binge things sadly. And then yeah. and, uh, and Andy, why don't yeah. you tell our listeners where yes. they can find you or plug anything you want to plug? Uh, they can find me in Los Angeles somewhere. Uh, I'm at Gossip Guys Pod, or at least that's the the Gossip Guys uh, podcast Twitter, and I, and that's on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Wandering Green. That is green with an E at the end. Uh, and that's on Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, and stay tuned for a new podcast coming soon. It's called The Naked Man. Oh my goodness. We're getting an exclusive tease. Sort yeah, of, maybe. Exclusive. Yeah, I think probably May. I don't know. So All right. uh, it might exist when you listen to this. <laughs> Who knows? We don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's actually sort of taking a cue of Ted Lasso of sort of trying to be that sensitive man that I struggle with or I sort of lost along the way. Um, but it's like an interview show, basically. That's awesome. Sounds interesting. interesting. Can't yeah. wait to tune in and subscribe since I will no longer be listening to the Gossip Guys since y'all yeah. are taking a brief- Kill that show. No. Kill- <laughs> yeah, guys, we're Talk all gonna stop show. talking about- Before you go, can I ask you one very quick question? I know we've we Please. should go. Um, so did you see the news? I don't know why I made it seem like big news, but did you see that- um, Melissa and Rachel Billison are going to host a OC podcast. Oh, no, I didn't actually see Called that. like the OC bitches or something. How do you feel as someone who has covered, you know, a very popular show through its iteration about actual stars from these shows coming back and then doing a podcast and essentially taking podcasters? Like it, part of oh, me is yeah, like, no, of it- course, I would rather listen to them talk about the show than the girls who do the OC podcast. But like that fucking sucks. No, I, I agree. Um, I feel the same way. I, I actually sort of, that's one of the things I was thinking about with my interview show. Like everyone wants to do interview shows with celebrities mm-hmm. and, and, and all these people. And I know why, right? Because people care about celebrities, but like, I, I want to reject that celebrity culture and like want to talk to real people. And, and I, I'm much more interested in, yeah, the, 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 the normal, I'm, I'm saying normal girls, like someone mm-hmm. who's not a celebrity or whatever, but like, um, yeah, like it, it does bum me out and it sort of seems cheap because of course they are going to probably be the biggest OC podcast easily mm-hmm. within like, they probably already are now without any episodes. I have no idea. Um, yeah. but like at the same time, I'm sure they do have insight about it. Right. So like you want, you, you like, I will want to know what Rachel Bilson has to say. Um, right. And like any well, guests I they don't get. actually, I don't, I don't, I know, understand why people would, but I, right. cause I've, I've moved on from the OC. Uh, but like, but like uh, they yeah. can interview actual people. Like the the interview reach is different. Like it's just, it feels like they're reprofiting off of a show, which is like great. And like, I'm all for it, but it's like, I don't know. I go back and forth. Cause same with like the Office Ladies podcast where I'm like, people are so obsessed with the office that I'm kind of like, let it die and find a new show. Like what's, I don't know. I go back and forth with like whether, cause like the girls from One Tree Hill are also doing a podcast. So it just feels like this new way to then say like, we hate reboot culture and like, we won't actually talk about our shows, but we're going to profit off the sh- I don't know. I, I don't know. It's sort of, it, I think it depends on how they no go. No one from Gossip Girl will ever do it though. So y'all are safe. <laughs> they all hate talking about that show. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> well, I feel like it depends on if they're being cynical about it, right? If they're like shit talking the show or whatever, or 
if they, I don't know, it's sort of like, it reminds me of like people, like celebrities at Comic-Con that do signings for old things, right? And fans love that and really appreciate it. And I think the actors do too, because it's like, I mean, a lot of, in a lot of cases, it's because their, their career is no longer what it was, mm -hmm. but also it's a way to connect to the people that care about you and actually like you and are fans of your work, right? Right. Uh, I watched Val Kilmer's documentary. I don't, I don't know if it's out yet, but that would be a plug. It's very fascinating. Um, and like everyone sees that as a sad thing to be the guy who goes and, and, and signs people's autographs, but you're like making these people's day. And if that's mm -hmm. what it, this does for OC fans, and it might, I don't like, I'm sure there are people that are just like, oh my God, Summer is going to have a podcast about the OC. I can't wait. And that's the, no, no bad, no judgment about that. But I, I'm with you where I'm sort of like, it kind of bums me out too. <laughs> I posted about it, like on my personal account, like I'm very excited and I will listen and I love the OC, but like, there is a very big part of me that thinks like there goes someone's, the amount of money that a regular person can make talk. I don't, I, it's like, I, I listened to Sophia Bush talk where she was like, I started a podcast because like I have access, like in my phone, I can call up like Gloria Steinem and talk to her, but like the everyday people can't do that. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that is true. But that's privilege. Yeah. But it's the, and of... she's like, I'm sharing my privilege. That's exactly what she said. She was like, I feel the need to like share this that's, privilege that oh, I okay. have. So I, I can talk myself in or out of whether it's a good idea. I just figured as someone who has probably talked to a lot of Gossip Girl fans in real life over the podcast and like over the internet, you might, you're just like probably a little bit more tapped, still tapped into that level of fandom, right? It's a little bit different Lightly. than- Yeah, I, I mean, I always sort of feel like I'm apologizing a little bit about, you know, trying to start anything, right? It's like, oh, who am I, you know? And it's like, they don't have to do that. They can just be, oh, I'm, you know, Rachel Bilson, but also they've, they've done the work uh, and mm -hmm. they deserve it. But it's sort of, I think people have had that issue with podcasts in general that like, it, it was this sort of new frontier for a while where, you know, anybody could start their own show and it was sort of, this very democratic thing and and mm -hmm. and now money is in it right spotify owns all of them and, and, and like the bruce springsteen and <laughs> obama one that i'm like holy shit <laughs> like right. how much money did they spend on that and it's, and it's like, like spotify like getting in the game because apple Podcasts dominated it for so right. long and now they're putting so much money in there and yeah, mm -hmm. yeah i mean of course i want spotify to buy my podcast or whatever <laughs> too, yeah i know obviously all of this is but like so yeah i mean it sounds like probably hypocritical in hindsight if you know whatever if i'm ever the rachel bilson doing it but yeah if you're I, doing I, a gossip guys i would love review podcasts like if someone went back and listened to y'all's episodes and then depicted them and then you <laughs> reprofited off of it like if you I mean, would that would be really weird uh that would be uh, some stalker fans like that's not even diehard fans that would just truly be stalkers yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that won't happen. I, I'm fairly certain. Um, but I think what would be interesting is if Rachel Bilson had actually had uh, someone like us, someone who was a fan of the show as the co-host, right? Mm -hmm, or, mm -hmm. I mean, I forget, you said the other name and I, for some reason, didn't remember who Melissa it was. Melissa Clark, I think is her last name. The redhead, Julie Cooper. Oh, Julie Cooper. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, we don't want to cut either one of them out, but like, I feel like I would be more interested in that dichotomy of like the fan of the OC mm -hmm. and Rachel Bilson or, or a sort of like a, a columnist or blogger or, or whatever it is that could mm -hmm. be fun, but. Uh, it's yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to listen to it. It'll be great. And like, I think what you're saying, what you're describing is essentially what the West Wing Weekly did, which was Joshua Molina. And I cannot say Rishi, I cannot say his name, but he, ho he hosts Song Exploder too, oh. which is like, Josh was on the show. He was just a big fan and they did the West Wing Weekly. And so like, 
it works, right? It, I don't know. Sorry. I just wanted to ask you while you were still here. Oh, what yeah. What about it? <laughs> I, I hope my thoughts were worthy of, t- uh, I don't know. They're definitely <laughs> worthy of my time. So Sophie, don't cut it this part. Our fans <laughs> will want to know Andy's hot take on his lukewarm, non-cancelable take on whether celebrities should host podcasts based on their own show. I mean, Fuck look, them when, all. That's when episodes last more than two hours, anything can be cut. That's all I'm <laughs> saying. I can make no promises. Okay, well, I asked. So, uh, listener, if you hear this, it's because I asked. All right, well, thank you so much for joining us. We won't take up any more of your time, but um, thank you had a for great having time. me. If you ever want to come back on, we both run the social, so feel free to let me know. We're hey, more than happy to have you back. Let me know what, what shows you're watching. <laughs> it's the only way I'll watch shows. Yeah. <laughs> There's one you're feeling really guilty about. Just shoot a DM and see if it's in our queue, and we'll we'll see if we can add it to the list. Sounds good. Send me the queue. <laughs> then you can tell your All wife right. it's for work. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah don't judge me yeah this is for work we're getting no money from this and taking lots of time <laughs> just like being married to a writer anyway yeah exactly <laughs> uh last little dart i had to throw but it was so nice getting Ooh, down the dart but it was a bullseye it was a bullseye i threw it with my left hand earlier as i made the slide joke about caring about your writing career and then switched to my right hand Ooh. really nailed it nailed it right into the heart all right but- All right. Well, we will see you later. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Hello. Hello. Surprise. It's us again. This is just a quick reminder for you guys to make sure you are subscribed to the pod on iTunes or on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us um, with our audience and it really helps you make sure you don't miss an episode as these do drop on Tuesdays weekly. Second thing is actual exciting news. We are doing a little giveaway of sorts. If you go and give us a review on iTunes, then screenshot the review and email it to us at singlebestscene at gmail.com, we will send you a very special single best scene sticker so get those reviews in and we will get you a sticker and that's it thanks